best band in the freaking whole wide world. It's season two, episode one of Here For Now. My name is Nate Duro. I am so excited to be doing fucking anything, literally right now. Um, we're at Eureka Records in Wyandotte on the other side of the glass uh, producing the show is the one and only Tyler Floyd. Hi, Tyler. Hello. Dude, this rules. This feels good. Like, this feels really, really nice. I'm so excited to be here. Um, this is season two. Some time ago, before a pandemic and all this other crap happened, uh, we did a season one. We did seven episodes. We filmed them all over the place in various venues. We went to Chicago. And it was really, like, an eye-opening experience. And then... Now I'm just thinking of what we're going to do with season two as I'm sitting down here in the studio to do season two. I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. We've got really cool uh, lineup of uh, folks, mostly Michigan uh, creatives this time around, at least so far. Um, Jason Singer from Michigander is going to join us. Alex Maniac from Shortly. Uh, Olivia Deer. Brian Hugo Iglesias. But week one, episode one, I guess. I'm, dude, I've been into uh, WandaVision a lot lately, so I've been kind of <laughs> blasting into seasons and episodes and all that kind of thing. But um, there are no post-credit scenes in this podcast. But I'm super, super excited, uh, like I said, to be in a room with anyone and just talking, uh, looking at you through the glass and actually seeing your face without a mask on. We had masks on when we walked in, but now true, I can true. see your face and I can see your, like, when you smile and that's really really fun because short of like my family that's the only fa faces i've seen for a little while right. so chris herman is with us today thanks for being here chris hello hi thank I, you for having me dude i i'm it's my pleasure um when we kicked this thing off last year we were trying to come up with a name and we came up with here for now and then like the little sub title or whatever was origin stories of my creative superhero friends Oh, that and sounds like a comic book. It does. I guess it goes with the WandaVision that yeah. I've been obsessed with lately. But, like, I can't think of someone who that defines better than you. <laughs> because, oh. like, you do a lot of stuff. And um, I send over this little, like, email that's like, hey, send me some talking points and some things. And Chris sent me... The most diverse <laughs> off, uh, set of, of things that you could possibly do as a creative human being. So this podcast is going to be 16 hours long. Um, Chris doesn't know, and Tyler doesn't know either, but uh, that's that's the goal here. Um, we're going to do a 16-hour podcast all about Chris Herman, and that will just be the first half of everything that you sent me in that email. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, just, you know, this is normal. Take what you need from this. <laughs> right. All all of my questions are geared towards like, what did you decide to make X a career? And it's going to be like, what did you decide to patch together all of these millions of things? <laughs> Again, dude, super stoked to have you here. Um, yeah, great I, to be here. It's super funny because I, I've done these with folks that I've never met. I've done these with folks that I've been friends with for years. And I've kind of tried to break the ice to start. Yeah. We didn't really need an icebreaker nah. between you and I. You are very comfortable, uh, it looks like, on the microphone, and it's good for us to catch up. But I'm going to do the icebreaker anyway because it's yeah. fun and it kind of ties in. I was thinking about how to break the ice with someone who... Uh, yeah, I can only imagine how hard it is to break the ice with 
a stranger. Yeah, we straight up did one last year with uh, Monique Doran, which is who, who is the uh, one of the graphic designers at Riot Fest. Oh, nice! And they are also the person who did that thing called "Support Your Fellow Rockers" that uh, sponsored the last Blood Fest. It's kind of like a oh. a resource website for folks who. Mm-hmm need just about anything when they're touring, you know, as far as, yeah. like, to, to make their life uh, a better. Lot, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Being and, on uh, the road in general is just... <sighs> so when we recorded that episode, we had never met before walking in there. That's insane. Except, I, I guess that's not fair, we passed in the hallway at Bloodfest. But if you remember me at Bloodfest, I'm usually oh my running. Gosh. Yes. You're, you know? I think the only time I ever got you at Bloodfest, because I was there... I worked Bloodfest twice right. for you, um, and then I attended Bloodfest maybe four times on top of that. But uh, I remember like seeing you in the hall. The only time I ever got you to like break your your brain into being like a hundred percent intact with me was when I was running around at the end of Bloodfest twenty eighteen. I want to say mm-hmm. with my VHS camera, and I did a goofy video called bread fest and okay. i kept asking everybody what if you didn't have bread what you would use for your like sandwich holder yeah <laughs> and, do you remember and, what my answer I, was and i got you and you were you were just so like wait what did he just ask me am i being recorded <laughs> i right. think you said uh lettuce you said lettuce okay. yeah all right. Or tor- no, you said tortillas. Tortilla. No, that see that makes more you sense. You said tortillas. That's that's real. Like yeah, lettuce doesn't make any sense at all for me. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever seen the physical me, you knew that you know that I did not answer. You're just lettuce. like I'm still going to use some sort of bready, flowery material. <laughs> I love it. Some, that's some awesome. That. I forgot all about. That. I've, I've forgotten a lot of things about right. twelve years of Bloodfest. Um, that is one that I forgot. So that was fun. I appreciate that. Um, if you had to use one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Hmm. Maybe probably innovative. Okay. I'd probably say, cause I tend to be at my best when I'm on my toes, AKA always being like the, the road dog photographer as it is. You're not really, uh, given, you know, studio lighting or, you know, uh, you can't make your scene perfect. You got to work with what you're given. Right. So I'm always trying to be in- innovative with what I'm given. So I guess innovative, innovation. Okay. Chris Herman. As much as, uh, as much as you'd like to be able to turn around to the LD and be like, turn the reds off, motherfucker. <laughs> Like right, you just, oh my gosh! Some, that's the... some LDs just love red, right? I can work with red, surprisingly, but like, <laughs> luckily, sometimes the the lighting guy, like during soundtrack, will be there, right? And he'll be like, "Is there any colors you guys want to avoid?" And I'm like, "Red, please, no reds." <laughs> Who are you? How'd you get in the venue? They didn't even give you a laminate. Um, would others use that same word to describe you? Mm. I'd say they'd probably use something more like uh, spontaneous or sporadic. Um, when I'm around other people, I, I tend to bring this uh, jumping bean energy and and kind of keep people on their toes as well. Sure. So, 
I'd say that. Uh, Which all kind of plays together, yeah, right? You like know, this... being spontaneous and being uh, innovative. Yeah. You don't usually find innovation in sitting still. Exactly. Usually. Which, exactly, usually. I mean, Sometimes you uh, you find it in the calmness, which yeah. is nice, but uh, most of the time for me, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> so, again, I, I um, you know, in this email thread that I sent over, it was like, how do I describe, like, what's the, what's, what's your title? You know, you're not the graphic designer at Riot Fest. You're not the vocalist in this band. You're like a list of things. So you said musician and visual artist, which we're going to dig into all that, but I want to mm-hmm. rewind all the way back to yeah. like what got you to that point. So tell me a little bit about like early life you, kind of the short version of the story that landed you at the beginning of the email that you sent me okay yeah. so like tell me about about and I'm, I'm bringing all the jokes back tyler uh, tell me about <laughs> tell me about Lil chris Lil chris oh, oh Lil chris every oh, fucking I mean. episode last year <laughs> Lil chris Lil, Lil tay Lil, Lil, Lil Jose, Lil, my, Lil, Lil mo my nick jr show Lil chris yeah there you go well Lil chris was the youngest child okay. out of you know my sister it was just me and my sister so Luckily, I had the freedom, and I was the the favorite. Don't tell her, don't tell Ashley. But um, she already knows. <laughs> but anyway, so I I was running around most of my life with like an airhead sort of personality, not really just pretty much doing what I wanted because I could. Because luckily, I had a great mother that was supportive with anything that I wanted to do. She would bend over backwards to make it happen. I guess, like, when uh, music came along, because she always used to play, like, classic rock in the van. She would drive me to school because uh, I went to a private school, um, so the bus couldn't pick me up. So always had, you know, the classic rock radio playing. You know, she wasn't the type of mom to play, like, you know, kids bop or, you know, little nursery rhymes in the van. She'd just play classic rock music. And I'm like, that's cool. All the other kids in my class are like, what's that? I'm like, you don't know that song? So that's always been just like a normal, but um, was that I'd, here in the Detroit area, or where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up on like the like Macomb County, so okay. it was like WNIC, yeah. uh, WLLZ, um, Doug FM. Yeah, that was a little later okay. when I was like in middle school, but uh, then uh, I guess like once I really started getting into music was about seventh grade. Uh, my dad passed away, so then like I had a big reality check it was just like you know me running around with my head cut off not really caring at all and just doing things i wanted it was like oh crap this is this is real i have to it was it was more i had to be there for the rest of my family than them trying to take care of me because i knew that wasn't the time to be what about me all about me as we had to come together so i guess that's where i i turned to music heavily like a hundred percent i never was super into it until that moment it okay. was like i needed something to to turn to and it was because i've been a sports kid all up until then my dad put me into baseball basketball football so it was like you know didn't have time to play piano like my sister did or right. uh learn an instrument i was too busy just playing sports all the time but then eventually i saved up a bunch of my uh, grass cutting money Yes, and yes. bought a drum set because I knew my mom. I mentioned it like back in the, way back in the day, and she didn't 
buy me one. So I'm just like, well, I'll buy one myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so side question. Yeah. What did you listen to while you were cutting the grass? Ooh, cutting the grass tunes. Because you know you got to get in the zone when you're cutting the grass. So, like, you're 14. <laughs> right. Like, what are you, like 25 now? I'm uh, 26. I'm 26. So, yeah. this is 12 years ago. So, that's what? Uh, I don't even know math anymore. 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was like, okay. yeah, right so when I got into So, what were you listening to when you were cutting the grass? Oh. Because um, I have a very distinct, like, I knew, like, I used to do the neighbor's lawn and I had a tape Walkman if that makes me oh, older yeah. than you no, which no, it does that, that makes sense but. um but like i had stone temple pilots and allison chains and nirvana Ooh. and like three very specific tapes like those three would were like last wore out yeah just and by the that, end of like the third tape you'd be all right i'm done cutting the grass yeah. like it was perfect timing <laughs> yep so um that was my tape mowing little thing so what like what were you listening to in 2009 while you were mowing lawns oh, around wow. the neighborhood? and what yeah. were you listening on oh so um, so that's like early iPod, maybe. I did. It was early iPod. My i I remember getting my first iPod Nano. Oh, um, damn. Okay. My mom felt bad because I had to get seven teeth pulled. Oh God. Um. Yeah. It was. I was. It I was, hear you over there, Tyler. That's, wow. Yeah, that sucks. Seven teeth pulled when I was in seventh grade. Uh huh. So like everything hit me at once. My dad mm-hmm. dies. I have to get seven teeth pulled. Um. I'm like. I have to think about what I do instead of just running around with my head cut off. Sure, being, uh, being spontaneous. You know, yeah, juvenile and whatnot. Right. But uh, yeah, I had an iPod Nano. I did have a CD player Walkman before that, but okay. I just played Now CDs. We'd just get a Now CD every, you know, the compilation yep. every Christmas or birthday. Okay. So that was like easy, you know, it's just top 40. Blink-182, though, was on Now 4. And that was my first Now CD, and I was like, this band's sick. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, nice. So that would have been like all the small things. Yeah, it, all the small so things was, was right. track 18 on Now 4. <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had an iPod Nano, and I remember uh, my friend Rob, uh, Rob Ketchum, he was like my first friend that we talked music about. Um and he got me into Taking Back Sunday. We bonded over Foo Fighters because nice. that's right when The Pretender came out. We're going to bond over Foo Fighters oh. for the rest of this episode. But <laughs> so Foo Fighters, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. Um, I did really like uh, the Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Monkey Business, that album. <laughs> LP2, Monkey. Well, actually, no. Tech, well, LP2 with Fergie. I'll say that. Uh, okay. That album is great. But... uh. Yeah, I was into pretty some pretty like, I'd say heavy stuff at the time because that was right when Taking Back Sunday put out uh, Louder Now, okay. and that's by far their heaviest album. So I was listening to some heavy stuff. Uh, I got into Chiodos around that time. Do we have to do like a disclaimer that uh, Chris Herman is claiming that Taking Back Sunday is heavy, but that we as a podcast do not believe that that is heavy music? <laughs> Oh, oh! Well, louder now was heavy. Okay. Come on, it's, that was heavy. It's a great record. Don't get me wrong. That's one of my favorite records by them. Probably the death metal yeah. heads that listen to this podcast. They're going to be like hey, taking back Sunday heavy. Right. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, lame. so I was heavy into. I was heavy into a <laughs> lot of uh, emo alt stuff at the time. So okay. that was about it. Cool. Um. I mean, you pretty much answered my next question, which was your <laughs> earliest memories of music. So rewind oh, okay. a little bit. Maybe go back earliest to... Earliest memories of music yeah, would like, be different, I guess. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like first, 
time that you remember something sticking with you from a, from the musical perspective? Okay. Kindergarten, you know, uh, kindergarten gym class tunes. The first song that really stuck with me was, uh, and you'll pro- you probably- Can we guess? Let's have a okay. guessing game. Okay. Let's do that. Tyler, you, you go first. Think about kindergarten. Kindergarten. Think about gym jock class. Jock, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like somewhere in that vein. Tyler, you go first. Oh, no. Like tag. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, okay. You're um, playing tag in gym class. I've got the- one song and I'm going to let Tyler go first, but if he takes it, I'm screwed because I, I have I'm no wrong. backups. I'm going to say Eye of the Tiger. God damn it. That's literally, <laughs> how is that? No, that's literally the only one that, um, uh, shit. Um, that's the only one. Okay. That's my guess too. We're going to double down on Eye of the Tiger. Cause I literally, Metallica, uh, uh, um, you think they're playing Metallica? I don't know. Maybe inner Sandman. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a Wiggles song. I will, oh no. no. Wiggles. I don't, I don't even think was around like, uh, at that time. Um, that was like nine. I'm trying to think of like roller rink music. 96 like, or 97 was when I was in kindergarten. Like, Womp there it is. Or that is a good or, guess. Or Baja Men or something. It's oh, I did really like Baja Men as okay. a kid. I will Who Let the Dogs Out? I strictly was like, Mom, buy me the Rugrats in Paris soundtrack. It has yeah. the Baja Men, Who Let the Dogs Out on it. <laughs> Didn't even see the Rugrats go to Paris movie, I'm gonna be honest. All but right. I did have the soundtrack. So <laughs> so your eyes didn't light up when we said Eye of the Tiger. Oh, so it wasn't I that, but what was it? Do not care for that song at all. Okay. I'll be Whoa. honest. Right. Okay. Neither does my mom. This, so uh, I guess that makes sense. This podcast just got a little contentious. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can bring it back it was, by telling us what the first song is. You guys are gonna remember. be like, wow. Okay. It was uh I can't remember the band name. It's uh <laughs> it's it's I uh, the I'm blue. Oh, um, blue. oh, like Eiffel 65. Eiffel 65, I think that's the name it's of them. It's just called Blue, yeah. It's just called Blue. And I was, as a kid, okay. I was like, no, oh my I can God, see that, that song's awesome. I can see that in kindergarten in So that's the first, that's the first, like, I'd say that was the memory first, you have that you're like, that's a thing that, that I like coming out of those speakers. is sick. And I, and as a kid, I'd say the next one would be, uh, how bizarre, how bizarre. <laughs> I don't even know what that. I know. I know. You the song, know that you, but I don't I, have no idea. Ex- I'm sure always... it's on now seven track twelve or something, <laughs> right. but I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> really dumb songs that my little brain was like, "Oh yeah, this is so cool." <laughs> I love it. Hyperactive love kid it. songs, like right there. You know. At what point did you? Okay, so you bought the drum kit. With oh yeah, your, that was with your, like, with your mowing money. So that's like what age 14, 15? Exactly. It was like right when I hit high school because I wanted it in middle school, but mom said no, but I was like, well, I'll buy it myself. So. Okay. That was like me and a Sega Genesis. So pretty much same <laughs> thing. Kind of your thing was probably way more expensive than mine, but it was it was tough. Luckily was my Was it a bad drum kit? Like um, was it a cheap ass, like embarrassed to be playing drum kit, or obviously. did you kind of come in at like above entry level? If I could go back in time, I would tell myself, just buy something used. You could have got so much more for like a used kit. Also, just beat it up. Who cares? I bought like, sure. it was like that entry, little bit above entry level. But you were precious about it? But I was precious about it. Okay. And luckily, my, my mom's boyfriend at the time, he really came in clutch because, you know, you don't really know about music gear until yeah. you start buying music gear. And I thought, drums, yeah. Comes with the stands and the cymbals, too. Nope. I only had enough for the shells. For the kit, right. And luckily, he was like, 
I will buy you the seat. I will buy the symbols. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, I really lucked out. Yeah, because otherwise you'd be standing yeah, next so to a drum kit with no symbols. Just shout out to Kurt <laughs> for helping me out with that first purchase. Nice. <laughs> so um, you, when I asked you about your musical background, you skipped ahead uh, and started in 2015, but briefly fill in the gaps here. So you're in high, you're in early high school. Yeah. You have a drum kit. What do you do with said drum kit? <laughs> it's funny. So immediately start a band. <laughs> right. <laughs> immediately, sure. I bought a drum kit, and guess what? Day two, <laughs> my best friend from uh, like my subdivision, Tyler, had just got his guitar. Nice. And we're like, oh, dude. I'm going to go buy the drum kit that I said I was finally going to buy, and then we'll start a band immediately. <laughs> Not, you know, you didn't even play your instrument right. enough to get good at it. We immediately started a band, and it was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> what was what were you, like, covering to start or, like, kind of, was it, like, Blink stuff, like most, you it, know? There was heavy Blink influences yeah. for sure, but you want to know the very first song is... I don't even, it was a Papa Roach song. The first song me and my friend Tyler ever played, uh, it was uh, Forever by Papa Roach. Uh, I can see you wearing a little like that that eyeliner in the, you know, like, (laughs) dude. I I did see Papa Roach live, I will be honest. Uh, Let me me tell you about, uh, not that this is a podcast where I'm supposed to just talk, but I'm going to tell you a story about Papa Roach, man, because it's good. Um, I went to the Blind Pig for the first time in my life in like... Right around that time, I guess. Like their like pinnacle album, or yeah, right on the first album, Ooh. and they were opening for Taproot. So oh it was my Taproot god! Taproot with special guest Papa Roach at the Blind Pig, and Last Resort had just mm. hit the radio like oh. a week before, right? Oh my so like gosh. it was one of those things where everybody just stood there like having fun or whatever in this packed Blind Pig, and then that song came on, and everybody's like, I know. You know, they're the all screaming. Crazy. It went nuts. Oh, my but God. But, like, in general, I guess um, the dude from Taproot, the singer of Taproot, yeah. is kind of a, a little bit of a noisy fella. Yeah, yeah. He's got some uh, anger issues, so to speak. And the Blind Pig has... Um, it's funny because the next thing we're going to talk about is signature mistakes, and I think Tyler dogs on the Blind Pig more than anybody <laughs> I know. But the Blind Pig, like, definitely... Um, it has some iconic status, for sure. Uh, I will being say that. an iconic venue, but it also an iconic venue for having security guards that are difficult to work with sometimes. <sighs> that door so, guy, man. Taproot gets on stage after Papa Roach played, and, like, they play a song, and then the vocalist just fucking lashes into this tirade just like and i had gone to this show it was an eight dollar advance ten dollar day of show show yeah i went down bought a ticket at the door i saw the 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 whole um the ad in metro times that day Mm -hmm. and like went to the blind pig a place i'd never been to like check it out and the singer gets up and he's he just starts lashing into the blind pig, how they treated Papa Roach like shit and fuck this place, like never come back here again. Let's see if we can break some shit tonight. And like, Oh my God. He gets up on that like little mini bar that's right. between the, on the leftish area. Yeah, so stage right. Um, stage right, yeah. Left if you're yeah, if you're standing there, there's like the little bar and he's walking along kicking people's drinks oh like my into God. their faces and just what? like freaking out. He's just breaking shit everywhere. 
And I don't know what happened. I left. You were just like, I was I'm like, good. I was like kind of getting it, but I was also like really new at this whole thing. And like, I was like, this guy's kind of a dick. Like here, <laughs> I'm, you got a new fan. Maybe you can win over here and you're putting on this show. Like, so I left and after like the third song uh, and never got to be a fan of Taproot. And eh, but Papa Roach good smoked rinse. that night, and honestly, they were probably feeling a little bit of like hurt because they're like, We have to go on after that, after last resort, won. right? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, last resort was the end, it's the end, it's the last song that ever needed to be written, right? And then, <laughs> so I was driving around um, in Nashville just the other day, and uh, Broken Home from that first record came on <laughs> on XM, Sirius XM. And I just I like cranked it. So I love that I love that we're connecting on this. That's awesome. Um so you were you were in this band and I'm sure it turned into another band and another band it, and right, yeah. whatever and went on for years, I would imagine, of just like kind of jumping from Yeah. You know, it was high like, school band to high school band. It was that sort of like, yeah, this is so cool, we're in a band uh type of feel, like every member in those bands throughout high school was like, they were just happy to be like in a band more of, more of that feeling than with me. I was like, I want to play music. I want to like take this, you know, sure. they were all like, yo, it's so cool. I'm in a band, like right. being like rock star. Kind of yeah. the social this club more sort of, of that. Yeah, more of the, we're going to win battle of the bands. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like, that was something I was like trying to get out of. And luckily it came, it, it was like perfect timing. I met Tyler um, with one of those bands at a battle of the bands, actually. Yeah. Yep. And uh, my band covered a Mayday Parade song. And <laughs> if you know Tyler. Tyler was on his knees uh, we, worshiping you, bowing was, down yeah, to you. He was like somewhere else. Really? He even tol- tells me, he's like, yeah, you're like, I thought you guys sucked, but like you were really good. And then that's like how we, <laughs> got to be friends and we bonded over motion city soundtrack i remember he was wearing a rival summer shirt and i was like yo leo is sick and he's like leo's like my best friend and i was like i wish leo was my best friend and now it's like me and leo are friends it was first just, everybody yeah. who knows leo you're he is your best friend so <laughs> it it isn't it, it, it it's right a, it's a testament to leo that but like i that, didn't even talk to him at sure. the time it was like right. i just knew of rival summers i was like that band's sick yeah. like yeah. But uh yeah, that's how we met and then like literally months later he hit me up on Facebook or Instagram or something and he was like his like band fell apart right before his uh his like debut LP release yeah. and he's like I need a drummer. Oh dude, I did that show, I think. I'm pretty there sure. It was uh it was like a Legion Hall show out in oh, Northville. Okay. Um then maybe not. Yeah. I just remember like the band crumbling on him like the day before yeah. or something wild like that the lineup for that show was sick right ellis played um wayne Zelinsky played nice mm-hmm. uh let it happen played it was crazy yeah like was it kind of in the era of like the the barn shows that evan and yeah so it was and so, in uh, that vein they used to throw um, in canton what was the name of that band the rising tide is that the same is that the band i'm thinking of what uh um now he's evan's American. band yeah evan baker it, evan baker it was uh that was good luck varsity good luck varsity yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but yeah i think he had a band before that but now he's in that american arson but anyway it was in oh. that era of like yeah it was that like era northville area northville legion hall okay, yeah. rival summers played but it was just leo and 
Jason was on acoustic guitar. Really? Yeah, it was like right when Jason was like, who's this guy playing with Leo? Yeah. Remember when that was like a thing? And yeah. now Jason's like Michigander. Right, but, uh, right. Yeah, that was a stacked lineup. I was, I had a... I had a ball, especially yeah. that was my first show with Tyler. It was it was sick. So was that your first show, um, like, like DIY? I don't want to call it DIY, like, you know, DIY is right. one of those, like, that's mine, which is so <laughs> weird to me, but, like... I, <laughs> is the gate open? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> right, I don't know. But, like, like non-going to see Taking Back Sunday, like, right. was that your first foray into that or had you been going to to shows for a while like to see local artists and and that kind of thing i'd say me going to shows in that vein was very selective once i met tyler it was like we were going to shows all the time before that it was more like i would barely go to i was i was your pinnacle i wouldn't say i was a mosquito but um it was more of like, come see my band play, but I'm not really going to go to your band's show. Sure. And then once I met Tyler, that energy quickly changed. Were and you we going, were just to going to bigger shows, shows at that point, time. though? Like, you'd go see Motion City or Taking yeah, Back Sunday, yeah. but you just weren't, like, in, in the, the local area. You were you going know. to Clutch Cargo's in St. Andrew's, but not the Pike Room and the exactly. Token and, the, and the, all the little places where bands mm-hmm. were playing. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, This is 2015, and at this point, you also start your own thing is traveler your band or is that um, it was just a different band that you were in it was just a different band that i was in like right well, around let's be the straight signature. you're the drummer so exactly are you so, um, are any of these bands really your bands or you, <laughs> uh, now you're just in every band so I did we'll get join, to that point eventually right true true <laughs> i did join that band um like they were like you know, they wrote some songs and they're like now we need to find a band okay. and it was uh wasim bazi's project and tyler's friends with wasim and he's like hey also around the same time as signature mistakes my friend wasim needs a drummer and then that's when you know he was like let's go on tour and i'm like i've never done that right right (laughs) that band was the first time i ever went on like a tour ever it was was it a tour or was it like a weekend that it was two weeks okay and it was with brian iglesias's old band primavera it was like oh yeah yeah brian booked half the tour wasim booked half the tour we took off we shared gear you know played all the same shows okay it was i as i mean it wasn't the best obviously but like i had a ball and i was ready to keep on doing it (laughs) right so doing the math you were like 19 ish at this point something um, like that yeah just out 20, of high school 21 okay 21 at okay. the time uh right when i got out of high school i did like a full-time job thing for like three years okay and quickly realized what the real world was about uh-huh. and luckily right at the tail end of me tapping out of that full-time job i met tyler and i was i was out <laughs> i'm like peace nice <laughs> so in 2015 as well you started taking photos now does that mean this is the first time you owned a camera and ever, like, did photography? Or was this something that, like, you just started taking it seriously? It was... Like, when did the camera become part of your uh, body? Um, in high school, I'd say. Um, I always had, like, the eye for things. And I always... Photography was always kind of, uh, I'd say, a, a guilty pleasure of mine. Because I was always known as the video guy. Okay. In high school. And, like, just 
doing weird little movies with my cul-de-sac friends and I was always the one to edit and, uh, you know, just like slowly beginning to be like, yo, I can make movies. Yeah. And I ended up going to uh, Specs Howard actually and getting a digital media arts degree through them. But then as soon as I graduated, you know, where you're like, hey, why don't you apply to be like the grip or the camera guy on like a tv set or something it was like nope touring band so i was kind of like well why don't i just bring my camera around to these shows i never was confident enough it was always i saw uh because i i took a graphic design class in high school and katie meininger who's a photographer yeah um i really looked up to her at the time because i was like dang she's shooting all these shows right i want to do that yeah and she was one of the Crowfoot regulars kind of yeah. in that era when Rival Summers was starting to, you know, pop rem- off and whatever. I remember going to shows in high school, like big shows, like Royal Oak Music Theater and the Fillmore and whatnot. And she's and in the seeing, barricade. Yeah, 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 and I was like, damn, how, how the fuck do, I- do I get up there? How do I do that? And I was like, Literally well, just email one person and hope they answer. That's it. That's <laughs> Which all it I is. had no idea yeah. it was that easy. But I was like, right. well, I got to start somewhere. Why don't I just bring my camera when my band plays shows, when I'm done playing the drums why don't i just like casually take photos of the other bands right? right like it was always a confidence thing it was me i've i before that i brought my camera to shows didn't shoot one photo yeah because i was scared i was so scared to just like put the thing up to my eye and to have your camera taken away or just the idea of like just, there was so just many like elements self-worth kind of issues it, like like i don't i don't deserve to be exactly shooting this show exactly it was like i don't yeah it was the me being afraid of getting it taken away that was the smallest one but obviously you can do whatever as long as you don't have a flash and it's a small show at the pike room you know no barricade right but uh yeah it was and also it was like i'm very i'm just scared to i I don't know it was just so much fear that i i was frozen and i couldn't do anything i just and then by the end of the night, I go home and I'm like, why didn't I do anything? Right. And then one day I just stopped that and I just, I just did it. I'm 41 and I still have that paralyzing fear uh, most days of my life at some point, you know, where it's just like, why didn't I do anything? Right? I went to Nashville this last week, like I said, and I, I, you know, obviously with everything that's going on right now, you're in a mask, you're wearing a mask, you're trying to like not go places and whatever, but like it has leaned into some of the stuff that I've like fought off over the years of that idea of like, I'm at a place now, but I know I was supposed to meet that person over there, but they look terrifying. So I'm just going to go get in the car and go home, you know? And exactly. Like, s- send the email that says, sorry, I didn't find you or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, and you're like, all of those things that you've gotten over now are like kind of looking at each other like, that person might have COVID. I'm going to go home now, you know, <laughs> or, or just stay home in general. Right. So in the same time, uh, it's funny because we sent this big long email and we're still in the first year of the email. <laughs> this really is going to be a 16 hour long podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll move it along. Um, yeah, yeah. You shot 21 pilots that year. Uh, that kind was, of at the end of, end of the yeah. year or like um, what? It doesn't matter. Well, it that was, was in 2015. That so. was in, uh, once I started doing that, that was like, uh, was that 2015? Was that, was that, that was when they played the Pike Room? That was, no, that was, or was it? It was, than that they just that? put out, uh, 
It was right when like Blurry Face came out, I think. Oh, so this is like yeah, they so were, this they're was, already a big fucking Because I went to that Crowfoot show where I don't it was have like, the 21 Pilots timeline memorized, the, so I apologize. I remember it was like right after Vessel and I think they had one Blurry Face song out or yeah, something. Yeah. But yeah, because I went to that Crowfoot show where there was like $12 ticket. Yeah. And that was crazy. But yeah, the it was Meadowbrook. My name's Blurry Face. <laughs> and, yeah. But yeah, it was just me and three other guys. In the pit with like me and eight thousand people in the crowd, and I remember bo- borrowing Katie Miner's fifty millimeter camera lens because I didn't. I had just had a kit lens at the time, yeah. and I was shooting the show with my Canon Rebel T three I. And if any camera head knows what I'm talking about, if I, you're shooting a show at Meadowbrook and that's the gear you have, good luck. Just because the stage is so huge and it just doesn't like... Well, the body itself is so... You can only take so many photos. There's so many times where it was like processing, you yeah. got to wait. I was oh, like, right, right, right. you know, I was like trying to take a photo and the body was like, you already took a lot of photos. You, you got to wait for me. I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just looking at everyone else. I'm like, but it's cool because two of the photographers I met at that show, I still like communicate with today, which is really sick. One of the guys owned... a. He worked at a camera shop, Joe Orlando, great guy, shoots for like Metro Times and whatnot, but he yeah. sold me a lot of my camera gear down the line. And then uh, Jacob Giampa, I met at that show and me and him bonded for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. It's a little fraternity, isn't it? Like So weird. That was my first time. I was like, I'm so nervous. The more like I started doing shows at the Crowfoot and other places where there was a photo pit, mm-hmm. that fraternity was very apparent. You yeah. know, like it was cool. It was like you guys all knew each other and you kind of like, yeah, you could tell the one that maybe wasn't part of it that was like bumping elbows with people. And like the rest of you guys are just kind of like doing the little like salsa dance oh, around each other. We knew how to like, dance around each other. Yep. We knew how to be like courteous of like, you know, which each person other's... liked this p- specific shot. So yeah. you left that spot open and which person, like, yeah, it, it is and cool. Like, to watch. You're done at your one yeah. area and you'd be like, you tap them, you'd be like, yo, get here before because i got a good spot and i don't want anyone else taking it and i want you to get that shot because you'd you'd help your your guys out it was great right yeah so uh you started kind of getting picked up by a whole bunch of local folks to shoot photos for them just through that and then uh also joined baggage in 2016 Mm -hmm. that was also around the same time it was like i'm ready to level up um, I shot their show actually. They baggage opened up for Motion City at the Fillmore. Yeah. It was one of the farewell Motion City shows. I remember Jono going over the mic being like, This is our drummer's last show. And I was just like, Oh damn, I play drums. <laughs> and I like sent him a video. I remember Tyler going up to Baggage's merch table after the show and being like, My friend Chris plays drums. You <laughs> nice. should talk to him. And I was like, Already ready to be like, let's go. No fear go. Tyler, right? Just Ty- straight up in there. like He puts on for his friends. I wouldn't be here today with it if it wasn't for Tyler Common. Yeah. Yeah, he's, straight up. He's one, this, I think this is just going to become a Tyler Common uh, fan <laughs> podcast. But like legit, he sent me a note and a sticker the other day. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just, it, it like, it's just true. It's like heartfelt and true, like... Dude, I miss hanging out. I, I wish, you know, I wish we were doing what we do, you know. Right. And uh yeah, Tyler's he, great. He cares. That, he cares about the scene. He's a big vital part of the Michigan music scene for yeah. sure. And like a legitimate like how to say like the type of person who puts in without 
worrying whether they're going to like be able to like withdraw that currency that they put in, Yeah, you know, like knowing that like what he puts in will never probably match what comes out of it, but like, that's fine. Yeah. Just being, being chill about that. But, you know, obviously he's had some fucking cool moments too, you know, over the years where he's, uh, you know, truly earned opportunities and things like that. Um, in 2017, uh, you hit the road with Undesirable People. So I have it as first oh, yeah. tour, but that must be first tour with to like take the camera. Exactly. That was like my first, hey, we're hiring you to be our camera guy. Let's go. And I, it, was, it was cool because I've always been a fan of Undesirable. And, uh, you know, I got to catch their set at Bloodfest 2016, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And they were touring hard off of that uh, Eternal Vision era, and I was like, I don't know, I was just a, I was just a fan, yeah. honestly, of this local band, and like I always would tweet at them and whatnot. You know, it was that point where it was like, I don't really know anybody in this band, but they were like just lived around the corner from me. Sure. And John uh, Lebecki was like, Yeah, man, we want you to be our guy. Like, we want you to for this whole next like leg of undesirable we want you to like they they realized how vital um documenting their time was because they hit the road so much and what did they have to really like visualize and show for it not a lot so they were like we want you to I be remember that was their moment where they kind of like took their run at it you know every band yeah, does that or, it well, not a, every band but every yeah. band that like has visions of of uh doing it for mm-hmm. for a, a you know a living or even just like a, making it a real full-time part of their life you see the moment where they ramp up yeah. you can tell and and from my end you can just tell in the intensity and the thought put into emails and things like we're going to do mm-hmm. this record release show and we're going to do this and like we've got this plan over here but you can tell when like they're going to take instead of taking someone like their buddy to do merch right or whatever they're like they're going to take like somebody who can get them content you know and mm-hmm. it's like okay that well, extra spot in the van just went from like an extra pair of hands that can help to somebody who can actually like build some momentum for them. And so. it built great friendships. I love those guys. Yeah. John and Mark, best rhythm section straight up. Yeah. I mean, when you got, when you got twins sure. coming out, being your <laughs> rhythm section, the chemistry is yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had a, uh, there was a band when I was first kind of getting into all this that I like helped and managed a little bit called Island View Drive from up in Fenton. And they weren't twins, but they were brothers, and they had that same, like, there was the guitar player and the vocalist, and or guitar player and the bass player, and they both sang, and their harmonies were like, mm. yeah, they were born together, they're you know, they were born in the same lock. house. Didn't even have to think about it, you know. Yep, their vocal cords were formed from the same DNA, you can just tell. <laughs> um, that year, in 2017, you also got to open for Against Me with Baggage. So is this your oh, first, yeah. like, your first big so. show, like, on a stage behind a barricade and all of that that was the at the time i think uh that was in bloomington illinois at castle theater since then i played there twice yeah um it was at the time i think it was like 1000 cap or 800 cap and i was just like i've never played to this many people in my life um also against me what the hell like yeah so at that time i was like this is my time to shine biggest show i've ever played it's packed house we were the second band to go on and then against me went on it was typesetter baggage uh against me nice yeah and 
Yeah, that was at the time like the biggest show I ever played, and I was. It was great. I remember talking to Adam Willard after and being like, "You used to play for Angels and Airwaves. You, uh, oh my god, right, right, like fanning out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but like keeping it cool, you know, because right. like. But you played on the same stage with them. Last, yeah, that it night was great. Night, he was yeah. a talk. He was asking me questions about my drums. I'm like, this is. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, that year went on, you got to shoot Mopop with Michigander. Did you play oh, with Michigander great. too or just nah, shoot? Okay. I was just, Have you ever played with Jason? No, I mean, I've I've hinted at him. You know, I've been sure. like, hey, if you ever need a drummer. Hey, if you want to kill Aaron or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, Jason uh, liked my stuff. And I remember shooting one of my, he he got me to come out to KZU one time. Yeah. Um, to shoot one of his shows, we didn't even know each other, like, at all. And it was great. We got to meet. It was, like, one of those outdoor theaters in Keizu. It was, like, a bar, but it was, like, outdoors. Okay, yeah. I forgot what it was called. But anyway. Old Dog? Was it Old Dog? It was Old Dog. I know Motion City played there one time. It was, like, Oh, outdoors. District Square. District Square, yeah. Oh, so that was my show. What did we, who, who were Gander they? played, uh, Stay Outside actually played. Was that with Junior, Junior? Oh. No, Gander headlined. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, but yeah, he, we vibed. Photos were great. Yeah. And then he was like, yo, we're playing Mopop. You should shoot it. And I was like, let's go. And that opened up the door to a lot of things because it gave me the pass to just go to Mopop for free. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can shoot all these other bands. And it was great. Oh, my gosh. I got to... Who played that year? So many people. I know Jason played, and that was the first time I got to see them. They were awesome. Amazing. So good. Oh, But yeah, that was that was such a fun show. Yeah. Um first music video oh yeah with noah de leon yeah you know because it's always been like photos and whatnot it was like well yeah noah has always been a good friend of mine and it was like he was just like playing for bands and whatnot i know he had the beautiful gorgeous and that kind of like fizzled out but he was like i'm still wanting to make music and just like undesirable he was like i want you to be my guy yeah let's go let let me be your muse and i was like at that time, I was running on all cylinders, you know. Like, I have obviously don't have the same energy I had when I was young, and all these things are getting thrown at me at once, so I'm so eager. Wait, like, 16 more years and tell me about how you feel then. <laughs> um, but that, at that time, it was like, let's go. So, And also, Noah's such a great human to be around, and it was, the creativity was there. But that was the first ever music video. I actually shot it uh, with my friend Terry Schwick who uh yeah, she's amazing she she was also one of my big inspirations to be like a concert photographer i remember yeah. her and katie Meininger around yeah. the same time like shooting every show yeah terry's photos are great oh my god i wish she would do more again she she does stuff when she wants to yeah but uh yeah we shot that together i remember staying up editing with her like in my mom's kitchen and then being like oh it's like 5 a.m you want to just sleep on the couch i still view that music video today and as like i i put a lot of pride into that i get emotional when i watch that thing it was better days yeah it's like a turning point or like yeah at a certain point you find and i was just talking to tyler about this earlier about this studio Mm -hmm. right it's like you find that you um, you turn a corner and you're helping others as much as they're helping you, or maybe more. Yeah. Right. 
like this studio has become a uh, kind of a space where like people can see ideas through to the end and like link up with people that can get them farther than they can go on their own. Yeah. That's kind of the point, right? Like of any of these things is like, right. You know, I think it's really easy to kind of get wrapped up in your own like way and become your, your own worst enemy you know, oh, it's so easy to get up in your head. So like when you have a victory like this and it helps somebody else. Right. And, and it you kind of like, yeah. I could make not maybe, maybe not even a career, but I can just make a, 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 uh, a habit of doing this, you know, of like using my skill set that I've developed for the betterment of someone else's thing that also helps better me. So that's super rad that, you know, I've always kind of told, you know, could tell that, you and Tyler and Noah and some of these other folks have that like sort of passion connection thing, you know, and you can mm-hmm. see it in the way you guys are like playful just, on just Twitter nature. and whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I love about the all those guys, the yeah. Pike Room Princes. <laughs> it's just second nature yeah. when it comes to shooting with them. It's just, it's not even like we're working at all. It's like, oh, this just came out naturally because yep. we have chemistry. It's right. great. Right. And it comes from the, the 5 a.m., sitting on the couch, <laughs> flipping through mindless, stupid TV, you know, right. having exerted yourself all day, but you can't fall asleep because you still have the creative juices flowing. Speaking of, of creative, uh, just maestros, uh, I don't know much about this person, but I see the name a lot. Yeah. And you said, you said that you got to shoot something with Allie Willis. Oh yeah. At the DIA. <clears throat> um, again, I don't, I haven't ever met this person i know that she passed yeah she passed a uh, couple years couple, like on christmas a couple years ago yeah right? not last year i think the year before yeah. that but like um, garrett garrett really drew a lot of spirit from ally for for assemble yeah tell me about ally and what that project was about and oh that was I, I was that was around the same time where you know like i was working very hard on all these other projects and it was like i didn't realize at the time what a big deal she was until i was there yeah uh brian iglesias i think he helped me out as well with that um because he was shooting um but yeah she big big detroit uh person just uh i'm pretty sure she was uh one who like co-wrote or helped produce um september by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah. That was like one of like her notable strides. Yeah. And also just like having it at the DIA was amazing. It was it was hilarious though. She, you know, she got all her photographers f- together and she was like, you're going to follow me around and just take all the photos. You guys take photos over here and over here. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And she was mic'd up the whole time. Sure. Over, the, the place is packed, by yeah, the way. Yeah, she's and just like directing up. you... And speakers are all around the DA, yeah. so you don't even know where she is. You just hear her voice talking to people, yeah. and I was like, "This is insane!" And I was like, "Just the baller <laughs> amount of confidence that comes with someone like but that." But yeah, just right? to be associated with that as a photographer was as that was just a great thing to have witnessed and be a part of. Like I said at the time, I had no idea. I wasn't really comprehending much, but looking back, I'm like, I did that. Yeah, I was one of the seven photographers, like so that got to shoot photos for her. And then, you know, on to finish out the year, you opened for Jimmy Eat World, one of oh. the greatest bands of all time. 
And then that was, <laughs> and then yeah, also that, and then that ended up being my biggest show at the time. You know, the Against Me one happened like 800 cap, and then it was like St. Andrew's Hall. Also, underplay sold out, just packed. That that ticket was hot. I couldn't oh get in. My, I remember it was so oversold. Yeah. I couldn't even get move. to the merch table. Right. Oh my gosh! And I remember, I still remember to that day. That was the. You know, you you uh, you play a show and then you think about how well you played after. You're like, well, I did mess up a little bit on that one song or that one hit. I that was the one of the most perfect played Hell shows yeah. I ever played, and I was just so amped. And my hair looked great. <laughs> I remember Mike yeah, Moynihan, Moynihan was shooting photos. Um, I still remember, he got such a great photo of me. I was like, thank you, Mike. Awesome. <laughs> well, and just you know, you kind of raise your game, right? You raised the level, and to be in the room with Jimmy Eat World, who's the most precise band in this in that scene, you know, from rhythm section to the efficiency of their songs and all of that kind of thing. And then you're in a band with Jono, who also right. like spent ten years drumming the, you know, playing the shit out of the drums mm-hmm. with that intense uh, speed and intense intensity yeah it just you know that was jono's thing right like like he you know so to bring you in to play the drums for a band fronted by a drummer is a lot of pressure and i'm sure you probably had nights where you were like oh this was not a good one but that's super rad that like in this moment that i kind of laughed off as being like not a big deal after Alan willis is <laughs> obviously a huge deal but for you who have hit it out of the park and remember that feeling like i i, I talked to leo recently i talked to Lisa, leo quite a bit about like the big picture, right? Like right. we dig into Rival Summers as a career and how it's like now there's other stuff to the there's a kid on the way. He's gonna oh, be the best dad. Uh, that <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, like I feel like I'm a pretty good dad, but like I'm gonna I can't Knowing wait until Leo, the day that oh. baby comes out into the world and I start taking notes on how Leo is a dad. Right. But um we talk a lot about like the big picture and like how at this point, you know, if Rival Summers is to like, you know, it's been a thing for 12 years now or right. whatever. Like if it is so to long. blow up or or like some moment happens, right? Like he's going to be cool with it. But he's also cool with like being able to turn and look behind him and see those moments stacked up in like depth. You know, like mm-hmm. there's that day that I fucking nailed it in front of Jimmy Eat World and that day that I did this and that day that, you know, me and Noah hit that that moment and those things stack up to the point where like even if like it never mike mains is another one i have these talks with like mike mains his goal is always like to be the biggest band in the world he always says that and it's like there's only one of those right Mm -hmm. first of all so like your goal is almost unattainable i'm glad that you have it and you should keep driving toward it but like there's only one (laughs) I don't know who it is. And, you know, Foo Fighters, I don't know. But um, <laughs> Jimmy, know, Jimmy World, no, you know, maybe. No. Um, but like, well, not big. Uh, they would be the best band in the world. Maybe not the biggest band in the world. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think as you start to settle into like these moments where you've had years now of starting to stack up these experiences behind you, like it lifts up the dark days, the hard days where you're like, uh, you know, where yeah. it, like rounded off. So, um super super sick i dude i'm like that show i remember trying to a get tickets i think it was one of those ones that sold out so fast that i didn't want to even play guest list game you know what i mean like you could have you could have like with you now i definitely probably could have been like yo chris Mm -hmm. like 
I know you've only got three, but how many shows have I booked you on? Like, right. let's let's play, you know, pull the favor. I know that Jono was probably just swarming. Oh, my, his in... brain was all over right. the place at that show. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, I mean, that was a big moment for him, you know, yeah. and, and all those. Like, when you, he got to open for Motion City. He got to open for Against Me and Jimmy Eat World. Like, right. those were all big moments. So I just remember that one being one that I really wanted to be at. And I didn't, but I know it was a moment for a lot of my friends. And that's really cool. Um, I'm going to move a little quicker through some of these because yeah. we have a lot to get to. Um, 2018, uh, brief version. You got kicked out of the film while I had a Walk the Moon show. Tell us why. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's make this one quick because it's whatever. It was a Walk the Moon. I was, you know, you got the, I got the laminate. I'm shooting. I've been here before. I'm the, the film more. Right. Uh, I always go up to the balcony after you get the three songs. Yeah. I would always go up there real quick. There was one, you know, I just click, wanted click, to get click, a get one, quick yep. crowd shot from yep. that that center area, you know? The mezzanine. The yeah. mezzanine. Yeah. You know, and I'm out. Always. I would always do that. I was yeah. like, I've done this plenty of times. So, and it was right when the crowd lights came on, right when the crowd lights came on, tap on the shoulder. I did not turn around because I'm like, this is the shot. I don't care that you tapped me on the shoulder. The crowd lights are on. Look how great. The shot was great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he kept tapping me and I'm like, okay, I got it. I stopped, I turned around, and he's like, you know, flashing his flashlight. And I'm like, I showed him my photo thing, you know, because yeah. like, hey, I'm not just a random person here. Right. And he's like, are you with the tour? And I'm like, no, but I have this. And he's like, oh, well, you got to get out of here. And then, then, you know, I would have been fine if I just walked away. But at the yeah. time, <laughs> I was feeling really confident. And like, you know, all you the You had things. kicked ass with Jimmy World a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, so, so like, you were kind of a big deal. And you know, it's loud. Point. We're yelling in sure. each other's ears so we can hear. And right. I go... It's all good. I got the shot. And I skipped my way up the stairs. <laughs> right when I got up to the top, I feel big boy hand, because he was a big, big old guy, yeah. grab me by the shoulder, yeah. like forcefully. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he's like, you're coming with me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I tried to like grab his hand off my shoulder. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go downstairs and enjoy the show. And like, we're in the the stair area and yeah. he's like i've worked here 25 years blah 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 and i'm like okay this guy's having a moment and i was i'm gonna go. i'm stone cold like just yeah i'm not going with you and i'm not delete he kept trying to get me to give me give him my camera and delete sure. everything and i'm yeah. like nah i don't care yeah and right. he's like you're coming backstage so i'm just like and i, I literally stopped him i'm like okay i'm sorry how about i just leave and he's like you're just going to leave. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So I just left. I and I was just like, anyway. well. I got the shots. So I got the shots. I out. wish I could watch this band, but I've seen them before. And it was just like, it was so bizarre. But yeah. that's just the one thing. I If I wouldn't have, if I would have just walked up the stairs and not been a cocky guy. <laughs> Do you know who yeah. I am? I'm Chris Herman. Yeah. So that was. Uh, For those of you not in the podcast studio, uh, Chris Herman is six foot four, two hundred eighty pounds of sculpted muscle. He's I wish terrifying, I was six four. Terrifying. <laughs> you know, what I just said it's funny. I just said like for those of you listening to the podcast, I never even said where our website was or any of that kind of stuff. So let's do that. Uh, we'll do the the quick uh, the the what do you call it the the. Station ID. We're going to break 10 seconds for station yeah. identification. This is Here For Now Podcast. We're at herefornowpodcast.com, at herefornowpod on social media. You can email us at 
hereforenowpod at gmail.com. Season two, episode one. We're here with Chris Herman, musical art, uh, a visual artist and musician uh, from here in the Detroit area. And we are working through a very complicated <laughs> list of career accomplishments. Uh, you are the... Um, and then I also realized I forgot some things, but I was like, that is a big list. This yeah, no, it is, no, this is not <laughs> This is not meant to be, like, comprehensive. You know, if I just skipped 2019 coming up here, it'd be fine. You know, like, it's... It, we know it happened. We were there. Um, uh, in 2018, you continued. You went out on tour with Speak Low, uh, oh, yeah. opening for Neck Deep. Was that, like, they were big at that point, that right? Was like, the, were like oh, music theater size rooms? That was, yeah, they were Crow playing those. Size rooms, they yeah. were, that was, like, a full U.S. I... That was my first, like, I got a laminate, all-access, touring, like, yeah. full U.S. Yeah. with Speak Low. They were... Uh, they swapped opening every night with uh, Creeper. It was like sometimes oh, yep. Speaklow would open, sometimes Creeper would open. And then Seaway was on it. Love those guys. Those guys are great. Yep. Great dudes to be around. And then Neck Deep played. But yeah, it was just, oh, it was just a great. It was like the peak. It was the first time I was like, I have an all access. I'm touring. Neck Deep is headlining every night. This is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to Wisconsin and uh, shot shortly with the Decemberists? Yeah, it was like, I forgot how that worked. You were a part of this email, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was managing shortly at the yeah. time. We had just brought Wilson on for booking, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I don't think, know where that one came from. I don't know. I think it was about it was the one-off. time. It was like a one-off. There was a So Far Sounds in between. Right, in Chicago. Um, but somehow, I can't remember how it happened, but I was like, yeah, Chris is coming along to shoot photos. Right. And I'm like... And it, and it was, you know, I wanted to hang out. It was, oh, Noah was, uh, he wasn't playing, but he came with us. So, okay. like, Noah was uh, helping, yeah. like, yeah. kind of TM, I'd say. Yeah. He was, like, running merch and whatnot. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's how that Did happened. Did she play a solo on that one, or it, it was, was Austin on stage? her and Austin, okay, yeah. both. And then, you know, he would leave, and then uh, Alex would play, and then and then I think Austin would come back out for, like, another song. Right. But it was... She crushed that show. Oh, my I, gosh. I remember, like, early it on... It was humongous, the venue. Yeah. I was just like, and right. it's just the two of them? I was like... Yeah. And that crowd is like rowdy, and she she won that night. Yeah, like that was were, her thing early on. Yeah. You know, obviously she's she's got you guys now to be noisy mm-hmm. behind her, but like <laughs> that was the thing. Was didn't matter if it was a house show or like like people show. She's up. making people cry, or like uh-huh. she opened for Mitski once at the Pyramid Scheme, and and did the same thing where she just she went to New York and played that Triple Crown showcase early on with. Mm-hmm. Sorority noise and a bunch of foxing, I think, and was like uh, just crushed, you know, where mm-hmm. she like took a New York crowd and just silenced them to the point That's where they're like the one person in the room was talking and everybody turned around like, you better shut your mouth or I'll kill you. Yeah. You know? uh, oh, love that it. was great. That was, we had a great time. And Good. I think that's where it was like, hey, they, they were like, we could, we could fuck with this guy. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. You guys were buddies all yeah. after that. Uh, you did Bloodfest for the first time yeah. as a photographer. Yeah. Did you play that year too? Um, I also played with Baggage that okay. year. But it was like the first year you were like, hey, Chris, you want to be a Bloodfest photographer? And yeah. I was like, I mean, I casually shot it the past two years. Right. Like, just for fun. Because like, right, the difference between like being a photographer and not being a photographer at Bloodfest is you got a t-shirt, basically. I got a t-shirt and I could like go places. Yeah, but even then, like even then, by but, the end, of, by halfway through the day, we were just like, right. uh, if you're not standing on the drum thing then fine like right. you can go wherever because it was just kind of like no rules but that was cool it was like the first time it was like oh these are gonna be official yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
something about Warp Tour and 303. Oh, yeah. That was like the... <laughs> I wasn't going to shoot 303. It was the last warp Tour. Tyler was like, you got to shoot 303. Right, right. And I ended up getting this crowd shot of the singer wearing, uh, it was like, uh, you know, the company To Write Love on Her Arms? Yeah. Oh, so old. <laughs> but anyway, sure. um, he's in the crowd sticking his hand up with the mic. Yep. I got this crazy crowd shot, posted it on the internet. And then and like To crazy. Write Love on Her Arms, like the company hit me up. They're like, we want to buy that. Like, can we use that? And I'm like, I've never had this happen before. And right. they like, it was like two separate occasions where they're like, they, they wanted to use it for like a business card. And then they were doing, they went to like a Twitch uh, convention and they wanted to have it like on a massive, like printed humongously for one of their like booths. Yeah. So then they paid me again for that. And I was just like, and I was like, please. Is this see? how this works? I was like, like this, people actually pay for this shit? Yeah. I was like, this is one photo and i was like if tyler common didn't tell me to shoot 303 i wouldn't have been here and it was it was it was an awesome way to just you know make some money there you go and also in, uh, art is great <laughs> and then you shot mopop again with shortly oh yeah and then i got my way into that again the next year and also got to shoot a bunch of bands that year that was great yeah. and that was parker's last show on drums too so it was kind of like a same thing with baggage it was like I'm shooting this band. I happen Their to be drummer's last show. Right. I happen to be a drummer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there was like me kind of like subtly hinting, being like, you know, I play drums. Uh, and then, sure enough, you were on all those fall tours where they went right from Mom Jeans to Wonder Years and kind of like. Oh, that was, that was probably, that I was so, that Mom Jeans tour, one of the best tours yeah. was straight up those. The, that whole crew. The hangs on that. The thing. hangs were, and also that was right when Mom Jeans and Just Friends were like popping off. Yeah. Uh, that's when Just Friends got the offer for Pure Noise on that tour. Yeah. And it was just like every show was sold out. They were like, you know, like 300 cap venues, yep. Yep. maybe 500, but like but they went every, off every night. show yep. sold out. I think two shows on that tour didn't sell out. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I'm having a blast. They're such sweet dudes. Full, too. full US. Let's go. They take care of their openers too. So and, and well. also that Joel like, was Joel the TM, yeah. uh, Joel Kirschenbaum. Yep. Oh, always accommodating. Always making sure the our the openers were like taken care of. He'd come over. He'd be like, "Hey guys, uh, we did really good tonight. Uh, here's extra." Yeah, and you just I throw us some money. I'd be like, like Let's "That's go. the craziest email to get in the world as a manager." It's like, yeah. um, guarantee plus. $200 because tour is nice to us. It's like, what? <laughs> also, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck does that mean? Peace and love, straight right. up. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, that pretty much is uh, wraps 2018. Going into 2019, you uh, start hanging out with Teddy Roberts yeah. a lot more. That um, was cool. Playing bass for the first time. Oh, yeah. That was that was also cool. Yeah. So I hung out with Teddy a lot because the Lebecki brothers yep. were playing music with him. Um Got to play bass for the first time because Bryce Mata uh, needed a bass player for like a random show. It was like two days notice. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'll do it. And then sure. Bryce was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and I never played bass live before, but I was like, it's something I always wanted to do, especially if it's, it was a small local show. I think five people were there. Sure. I think my friend Omar came, Chrissy Booth was there, Tyler <laughs> Common came. I borrowed... Uh, Jimmy Lawson, who played bass for Strange Magic, 
his his rig. Yeah. Luckily, he was there at the sanctuary. But yeah, I was like, let's go and play in bass. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a drummer. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to South by Southwest for the first time with Steps. Oh, uh, yeah. What's... What, what you, you were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were, no, I'm the, there every year. It was it, at this, the Stay Gold? Yeah. The last, the last year, uh, last year was the first time I hadn't gone to South by. I think in like seven years, and I don't even know. I don't even like it that much. It's just. I bet for you, it's tough. There's a lot of talking with. It is, which is great. I like talking, as we're proving here. I I have no (laughs) idea how long we've been doing this, or how much longer we're going to do it. But it's been a while. Um, Stained reference there. If you like, uh, go back to the new metal thing. But South by was always. I think the thing is is the timing. Like we get to the end yeah. of March, like we are right now, or kind of wrapping up February, yeah. and it's like I want to go somewhere warm. I don't care, and that I was... always found a way to get it paid for or whatever. I didn't ever get the badge. I just went down, and it was like every time I went, except for one year, it was like perfect weather for six days. You know, like, and even if that means I'm just wandering around town, like looking trying to get into things i can't get into like it's better than being at home right that's how it was yeah yeah it was like i have friends who are in bands they're going down there they have an extra seat i know they can't afford to pay me to do this but also i was like screw it i'm gonna just live a transient life and no one gets paid to go to south that's That's also that yeah i was just like let's just go and i was i think lady gaga gets paid like that's the only problem she's probably the only one that's ever been paid that was great it was a great time (laughs) all the michigan friends in texas at the same time was just so crazy it was so much fun yeah then you started showing up on records and on things uh yeah for the first time finally right so (laughs) baggage put out the full length that was the most, that was the, the last, last one. Yeah. But there, yeah. there will be another one probably someday, but. Eventually. Uh, Life in mice, Misophonia? Yeah, Misophonia. Yeah, that was the um, first time I actually recorded drums on something in years. It was like, you know, I played for Signature, signature Mistakes, yeah. all these other bands, and it wasn't me playing drums on the tracks. It was right. just me playing live. So this was the first time I was like, this is me. I play drums. Right. It's this is recorded. my band. Yeah. Going back to the my band thing earlier. It was so pleasing. And then you also put out the shortly, the it was that the those, two, the mapping and the other one with the Haven? Yeah, Haven and mapping. Yeah. Those were, I was like, also, I was like, hey, I play drums on these. Yeah. It was so it was great to finally have something to show. It's so awkward when you're talking to people. You're like, oh, what bands do you play for? And you're like, oh, this is my band. Search us on Spotify, but it's not me playing drums on it. Right, it's like right. so weird yeah. to... <laughs> my band that i go on the road with i do right. part of the band part yeah, so that was oh, i was finally such a pleasing pleasing thing to happen in my career because it's like i could finally be fully confident in having a conversation with somebody about the bands i play for yeah you can show somebody like i play drums and here it is i don't exactly. have to play it in front of you to I prove played, that i can yeah. do it yeah i'm a drummer now god damn it <laughs> And then you were also leaning heavily into the photography and video side, kind of working on promo with folks. Uh, mm-hmm. Teddy got that amazing tour with me without you and Tiger's oh, Jaw, which is such a rad was, tour for them. That was so cool. Um, you went out and played with Seaholm on that little DIY tour, which yeah. was like, that if I remember correctly, like that was one of the best booked little DIY tours I can remember in a long time. It was there used to be insane. That was my favorite tour i have ever been on hands down and it was all diy yeah 
it, it used to be possible to do that for so many bands where yeah. they could go play VFW halls and houses and like patch together this network of these weird like community center shows and like, you know, just in weird small markets. And that kind of fell apart, you know, like that has gone the way of the dinosaur, so to speak. And, and I remember seeing that tour announced and it was like, <laughs> as a promoter, I was if I if I remember correctly, I think it's the same one. I was annoyed with the fact that there I think there were like six Michigan shows. Oh, that was so sick. It was, it was the, like it was like was sixteen shows. And it was it was like it it set it did all the things that like once you get to be, you know, booking shows yeah. on like a certain level, you have to be like you have to play the games of like radius clauses radius and all this clauses, shit. And it threw yeah. all that out the window. It was so and I remember, sick. Yeah. I remember the joy. That came out of that tour it just like radiated from it it's so weird because like you know it's not like see home and great expectations in any point have been racking up spotify plays or like you know getting that label buzz or all of those things yeah. like they played the game so well it was in that moment and, it, and, and for someone Austin, like me who didn't really, go to any of the shows yeah. you could just tell that it was like the joy that radiated out of that was kind of like a counter to like all of the frustration of being a band at that point. You know what I mean? And Brandon, you know, Brandon always was very, Brandon and even Austin as like, I got to know Austin were very, um, they owned some of the frustrations of being a DIY band and trying to talk to someone that books shows in like, you know, rooms where there's like a, a PA, you know, and mo <laughs> monitors and things like that, you know, like, they would say things like, look, we're not going to draw, we're not going to sell tickets. We're not going to do any of these things. Like, that's not who we are. This is who we are. Yeah. And like, we're not, you know, we're playing another house show the next day or the day before. And hopefully we can bring some of those kids to the show. And it just like, they own the DIY-ness of it in a way that like, that's the part of DIY that I love, that spirit. You mm -hmm. know, there's so much of it that's so toxic and whatever. We, and exactly, this is not yeah. what this podcast is for, but like, it had a spirit about it that radiated around that tour that, you know, it was it's awesome to hear that, like, uh, to remind me of that. Cause I, you know, I saw it in the moment and then it just left me and for, I forgot it forever. I was a know? little jealous because at the start, I wasn't a part of that tour. Oh, okay. And I saw it and I was like, I want to go. <laughs> Can I go? And then Sea Home fell apart. Connor moved to Texas. Right. Uh, uh, Micah uh, disbanded. So it was just Pat. And it was like, Austin was like, I'll play bass. And yeah. then Pat was like, oh, it was like a week before. I pull into my driveway at my house, get a call from Austin. Austin goes, what are you doing in the next two weeks? I'm like, why? Uh, you want to play drums for Seaholm? And Pat, I remember as it went on, obviously, we started playing for Seaholm. And Pat was like, I almost broke up the band. Like, I, st I almost stopped playing music. And me and Austin, he's like, you and Austin were the reason, like, I kept going. I was like, oh. And now it's one of my favorite Sea Home's one of my favorite bands to play for. I love playing Sea Home tunes. Yeah. Also, that new album, that yeah, Tyler we were Floyd. About, we were talking about that earlier. Oh, that that wow. record I cannot is wait for that to come being out. Being done so here? Good. Is it in the process of being recorded it's or was it already like, recorded? It's like we started in September. It's like pretty much done now. There's like little, one more thing, okay. like little vocal thing we have Sick. to do. But I did start mixing it though. Oh, nice. But yeah, so that was one of the most fun tours. Also, Bran paid me like I did like a little tiny money and I was like I'm bringing my VHS camera I'm filming no matter what 
and I ended up making a music video for Great Expectations for uh, I Lost My Breath. Mm-hmm. Every time, and I, I put it in the, you know, VHS quality mode. Yeah. But every time I watch it, I I get emotional. I tear up. I, yeah. Also, that Great Expectations record is it's so, so good. And just it remembering really all the memories of it, just those two weeks was great i love that tour so much and that's what i was talking about with this like this little group that radiates out of this studio but Mm -hmm. also kind of extends out of it like that great expectations record was kind of the i think the first one for your group of friends that like kind of got everything done that they wanted to get done yeah like you found everybody found the resources to like make that thing as big as expansive a musical idea as it needed to be and that you're always you're always limited by your resources, mm-hmm. right? And this group really found their resources yeah, on that record. Yeah, every little resource that yeah. they could possibly use. And it was just, it filled all the gaps. And Austin really did a great job yeah. on mixing that thing yeah. and producing it, yeah. Um, that year, you uh, did some stuff with Tiger's Jaw in the studio yeah. and got to got to kind of connect yourself to the rocket ship that is Will Yip. Uh, he's yeah. He's a he gets a lot of flack for no reason at all. He is such a great guy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so yeah. like always trying to keep things fresh. Very nice. Very accommodating. Oh, like I'm the photographer here. You you know sometimes people just ignore you. He made it a point to introduce himself, make eye contact, be like, "Glad you're here." Like, oh, great guy. But yeah, that was from the. Uh, the Teddy Roberts tour with uh, Tiger's Draw and Me Without You, I ended up just shooting Tiger's Draw every night because why not? Right. And then Ben came up to me after. He didn't even have to do this. He ended up paying me. Ben like gave me a check at the end of that. He's like, here's for shooting us every night. And I didn't even ask for any. And I was just yeah. like, what? And he's like, he gave me his number. And he's like, he's he was like, we're going to talk to you. We want to like work with you in the future. Right. And then that... Then uh, you ended up going on the tour with them and the Menzingers yeah. and Culture Abuse. So all of that trickled into each other. I right. did the studio vibe, and then we went on tour together for the Menzingers tour. It was, yeah, they're also them. Great band. Ben knows everything, knows how to take care of the team, knows how to keep morale up. Yep. It was just those such positive energy through that whole camp. They run a really tight ship, and yeah. for for a band that's had like kind of an identity crisis, yeah. When yeah. what was the dude's name? Adam. Yeah, well, left, Wickaphase yeah, guy. Yeah, when he left a while back. You know that band could have kind of melted into the it soil, could've. you know, because like part of the face of the band just just mm-hmm. broke off. But they 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 became the best version that they were ever, yeah. you know. And, and now like, them letting Teddy like really yeah shine. He, they let him like do a lot of creative stuff and yeah. writing presses because he's a great Fucking musician. Superstar. Oh my God, he's superstar like, musician. He's the most underrated so, musician in the world. Yeah, they're great. And then you finished up the year, did a couple dates with Silver Sun Pickups uh, with Michigander, which is rad. It's kind oh, of a yeah. cool, like, like to do that and the refreshments and Tiger's Jaw and all these things in one year is a really cool, like, diverse, you know, like the, to be able to roll that out on a scroll and be like, these are the things I did. That's right at the end of that ridiculous. year was full force. And then force. state champs, too. Yeah, and then state champs came right after that. That was like so. the holiday tour that they do every year. Yeah, I remember getting the email while I was on the Tiger's Jaw tour. Ryan also, like, texted me. He's like, yeah. hey, management just sent you something, like, five shows with us, holiday. Yeah. And I'm like... Man, my end of the year is really looking pretty stacked. I was like, (laughs) so that was, oh, that was great. And then 2020 happened. And then (laughs) 
Oh, it, everything was, it kept going up even at the start of 2020. Yeah. Like, I mean, being able to work with Chloe, obviously, as she, you know, another rocket ship to like lash yourself onto. She's just a dynamic. Uh, right. Just hearing a lot about creator, Chloe yeah. through Alex from Shortly because they work close together. Right. And just being like, oh, because uh, Fred from Triple Crown actually got me in contact with Chloe. And because yeah. I did that dog leg shoot as well. Um, it was it was great. Uh, that was like one of the first shoots where it was everything was rolling. It was so cohesive with Chloe. It was like she's great be, like in front of the camera and also like I don't know. It was it was so smooth and yeah. Yeah, also just everything kept rolling. I was like I I was on this high of just like doing all these studio shoots and then I got that call from Tavish from Oso uh like to play bass on to, that tour. To play bass. So here's right. the thing. Yeah. I get the call. I thought it was for drums. Yeah. And then I say yes. And then Tavish goes, oh, it's great. We really needed a bass player. <laughs> so that's really literally how right. it went. Like, like I you said literally yes. got offered. And then he mentioned the bass thing. Right. Because I think it was because I was playing bass for Nick Anderson's band Ardmore. Yeah. And I posted on my story on Instagram or whatever. I was like, playing bass. And right. it was like, oh, Chris plays bass. And it was like, I do play bass, but I, right, on Oso headlining tour level. So also the thing with that was that the was, tour with Just Friends and oh, that was such a stack. It was Prince Daddy and yeah. Oso. We like would co-headline. Yep. Uh, Just Friends was on it. Max Seal was on some of it, and Sincere Engineer was on some yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, so it, the the thing that sucked was. That whole two, because he hit me up two weeks before the tour. Get yeah, that. Right. Um, right away, start learning these songs. 18 songs, uh, headlining, because, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so I'm playing sun up to sun down, making sure I'm getting these muscle memory down. Two weeks, I fly to Tavish's place in Buffalo. He puts me through the ringer like a football coach. Right. Being like, you can't mess up. Here you go. And so three days of that, we drive down to Long Island, do the full band rehearsal, sleep at Jade's mom's place, wake up again, full band rehearsal. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. We go do the first show in Philly, sell, sells out. It was great. I didn't mess up at all. It was yeah. like, ah. yeah, Another like, one of those we're, moments. You know, COVID's like, hey, COVID, what this? And then the very next day, all those Live Nation the emails, yep. everyone's like yep. tweet, and it was like the second show. I only got to play two shows, and then I had to fly home. Yeah, it was wow. Right. Just so we said we weren't going to spend a lot of time on it, but let's talk a little bit about like what that felt like in the moment. Now that we know that it's been yeah. a year, and you've done all this stuff, and we'll get into the stuff that you've been doing through mm -hmm. all this. But like in that moment, did it feel like just kind of a temporary like? this is going to be a minute or like, did it feel like the end of kind of like an albums, you know, how bands have an album cycle and then mm -hmm. they disappear for a while. Like you had been on this run, right? Like, Oh yeah. Also leading up the to that. shortly LP was recorded before the Oso thing. Right. Yeah. We recorded out in headroom in Philly yeah. with, with Joe. Yep. And that was great. That was also like, Hey, I'm playing drums on. Right. Right. That was, Oh, so then you, you get home and it was like, what now? The, well, that's the thing. You know, everyone thought, oh, it's going to be like two months. Yeah. The Oso thing was getting rescheduled. 
Um, and I was like, there's still a chance. Let's just wait it out. Yeah. I'm still playing every day, like as if we were playing the set list. I was just like, just to stay fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was just like, nope, that's not happening. So I don't know. It was, it was honestly dark too. Cause like my birthday was around that time. Yeah. It was, it well, was you're very, so you're like bizarre. me, you're a very social person, right? Also and you that, have to yeah. be wrapped up in these things to like feel like you're full Chris, right? Like, exactly. Lots of FaceTiming, lots of <laughs> right. phone calls, lots of this, that. Uh, like replacement things. And I think at this point we've, we've walked away from the replacement things and now we just kind of like do new things, different things. Right. So yeah, you you definitely have the record from shortly coming out that we talked about. That mm-hmm, yeah. at some point, hopefully, um, Alex, yeah. you know, changes the day to day just based <laughs> on the world. You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for a, like right. a touring a band that's going to depend on touring to build the record to do anything right now. Right. So you're just sitting on it. You got the Sea Home record, right? Um, that's great. I don't know what Sad Plants is, but you got Sad Plants. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that was a. Uh... I guess you could say once uh, Eureka was starting up. If I'm not, you know, if I'm if I'm thinking right, it was like towards the fall, the end of the year of 2019. Eureka was like first being a thing. Yeah, we were doing some live sessions. Is that right, Tyler? Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We've and, got the guy. We've got one yeah, of the guys a, anyway. But so yeah, so I was already spending a lot of time here because I wanted to see this place flourish. Yeah, and I think once the you know pandemic started, um, we were like, well. Let's start writing a lot. Let's go. Let's use Eureka, the space. Let's start doing some things. And it was like, uh, it's, it's my buddy Gabe who filled in for Sea Home a lot live. Okay. And Gabe was like, I'm ready to do this album. I want you to play drums. Yeah. So Gabe hired me to play drums. I also did uh, Jake Lamond and Julianne started a band over right. the Hickey pandemic. Hickey Eyes. Hickey Eyes. I played yeah. drums on that. Um, so it's nice being associated with Eureka and you know, being a team member and being involved in a lot of projects. I just want to be sticking around not like a fly, you know, helping the place out. Sure. Capturing moments, playing drums when I'm needed. And bass when and you bass, know, somebody yeah, also, calls, yeah. even if you think you're getting offered to play drums. Um, Andrew Soloway, uh, he's, a, he's a guy I got to meet during all this as well that yeah. Austin's been recording and we got to do a live session in here and I played bass on it and I also sang a little bit. Nice. So that was really cool to do. One of these years, I know we talked a little bit a couple months ago, you're gonna we're gonna have a Chris Herman song in the world one of these days, aren't we? It will happen eventually. Yeah. I got You got enough yeah. on your plate. There's no That's, pressure. Yeah. I just I just know that like through all of this, I feel like you've got your own things to say, you know, that I'm sure gets translated into some of these other opportunities, but mm-hmm. like I'm I'm really intrigued. I think it'll be a lot of fun when we finally get to like put a Chris Herman song into the world. It's it it will it will happen eventually. Do you have a song that I, you already think like someday you'll release or like record in some fashion, or is it still not like there? There's like two, I'd okay. say that I every time I pick up like an acoustic guitar, I just play the same it's three the chords. Sure. Um, me and Noah. Uh, actually tried to start a band through all this. Oh, okay. And it kind of just fizzled out because, you know, like, what are we doing to start a band during this? Bands are breaking up right now. But uh, yeah. we wrote some songs together, and and uh, they're just floating around in the ether. Who knows if I'm going to be like, hey, is it cool if I can use this? Or yeah. if, yeah, because... Uh, can you play guitar? 
barely. Okay, so <laughs> I can not, play guitar, but like not enough to where like you'd be feel comfortable going in and being the person who does all the instruments on a record. Right. Like I'd probably mm. play some rhythm stuff. I can play power chords and whatnot. I okay. can play bass, obviously. But when it comes to like tone and you know leads, that sure. that would definitely be it. Would definitely be a thing where I would have like Austin on deck. I'd probably have have Tyler on deck. Yeah. It'd definitely be once once a Chris Herman solo project comes, it's definitely going to be out of Eureka for sure. And I yeah. I, I bet there will be a million friends on it. It'll be oh, one of those yeah. things that's just like... I get yeah. Noah on this yeah. track, you yeah. know, Hell who yeah. knows? Jake LeMond, once Jake LeMond touches something, it's gold. So that cat's amazing. Hell yeah. So that's the that's the chronology. I don't think I've ever taken as long as we did to unfold that kind of, <laughs> the, the number of projects. Um you do this for a living now? Like, yeah. kind of patching all this together. This is enough to, like, obviously, you're not like. I moved in, out during the pandemic. Rise. So, nice. Yeah, I was living with mama through all this. And yeah. uh, June came around and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time. <laughs> and I mean, I was, I did the math. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. You're doing was, it so far. So, yeah. I mean, when I started doing shows for real, I told my wife, I said, I, I you know, Give me 18 months. If I can't, if we can't do this, I'll go manage a Home Depot or what the yeah. fuck ever, you know, like. Also, that's, it's good to have support, you know, like yeah. my mom is, she's, she is the best. She's always been there for me. Like your champion. <sighs> she's always rooting for me. Hell yeah. So it's nice, exactly, to right. have, you know. It's not like that, like, it's you not... moved out to get away from <laughs> it. It's like, no, you moved out because it's time. And, exactly. Yeah. I had to spread the wings, you know. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> Um, so you kind of grew up on the Northeast side. Yeah. Where's home now? Home is, uh, Oak Park right okay. now. So right by Ferndale. So and only like 30 minutes away from. So you're a Detroiter, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, you're a, you're a Detroit metro area. What I'm are your feelings circle. on kind of this community, uh, as it like pertains to supporting the art and what's going on? Obviously you have something special here yeah. with this group of people. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there's a whole bunch of groups of people that are all like this special, like we, but like, how does, uh, the Detroit area like lend to that? And like, how do you feel like you fit into it? Does that make sense? Yeah, that that sort of makes sense. I mean, there's all these little groups, little nooks and crannies. It's, it's sort of something you didn't really see back in the day, like MySpace era or it didn't, it, it always seemed like such a competition back in the day, you know, like. Obviously, you would ask bands to play with you and, hey, you want to be on this bill? Okay. But didn't it always, to me, it always felt like no one was supporting each other like we do now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially now. Um, obviously, a- Assemble's got their thing. They're really flourishing s- yeah. over the years. They're great. They got, their team is is stacked. Yes. They got a stacked team. Obviously, this, you know, just like the... Uh, I'd, I'd have to say the the little group we got together with Michigander, like Jason being our our guy. He, uh, I mean, he started a group chat during all this, and it's uh, it's like heavy. It's all you know. We inform each other when things are coming out, and it's like, you know, we got our Ganders, we got our our Shortleys, we got our brother Elsies, we got. Yeah, our, I think Stephanie's in that group. Steph- chat. Stephanie's in that group. Stephanie chat. Stephanie um, works for me at Audio Tree and. Uh... You know, I was thinking the other day I got sent the Julian Baker record 
a week early because we're working yeah. on their release and like nice nothing feels better to me than like to get an album a week or so early because it feels like they have that trust in me and i've kind of earned also that over that, the years yeah. stephanie brought up some record that i hadn't heard yet that she had heard from within that that group text i was like motherfucker <laughs> like you i know. love that she's in that group too because it's yeah. like she's obviously kind of veteran, i miss you know? i like, miss hearing her stuff you know like yeah. but she, you know she's been in in the uh the circle with you so it's really nice to to have that you yeah. know bridge it's nice it's all these bridges you know that are connecting it's and it's weird to say because it's like you know, I obviously, I dabble in that little emo area, some little DIY stuff. You know, when I'm with Jason, it's more of like the indie rock world. Yeah. And it's, it's and, and, and then it's like, oh, there's, I dabble with some state champ stuff and Tiger's Jaw. And it's yeah. like all these little worlds somehow get connected, you know, whether And then be, the assemble world yeah. with the pop and the hip hop and all the stuff that comes out and of there. You and then you got Brian. And me yeah. and Brian have been friends for so long. Yeah. And it's just like... And the song it's, Brian's working on with Jake yeah. Sigmund and with, you know, you got Noah's stuff and everything is, it, yeah, it's, there's this cohesiveness. Oh, Jacob Sigmund, great guy. Dude, and <sighs> awesome songwriter. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I, I saw him live once and I was like, this is, is not written for me. Like, obviously, I'm 41. Where's my guitar rock? It's you know? that, like, Volve Pecky stuff. Yeah, and he's friends you, with all those cats, too, Yeah, and you get, into the, like, you get into the depth of what he does and what he releases yeah. and, like, he just puts out a ton of music and it's so vibey and just mm -hmm. sick to have on like to like His, just exist too you know mm -hmm. it's like a soundtrack kind of thing and it's, it's nice cool. to know that all these people no matter where their worlds are at we're all we're all chilling we're all talking to each other we're yeah. all connected we're all sharing each other's music yep. amping each other up there was nothing like that back in the day you know like yeah. being like hey grassroots style i got a song coming out tomorrow or i got a song coming out next friday can you share it? Like, yeah. here it is. You don't have to share it, obviously, if you don't want to. But, right. like, just being comfortable enough to send that text. Because some people would look at that the wrong way. Be like, who's this guy trying to get me to post about their music? Right. But we have that chemistry. We have that relationship where it's not weird. It's 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 more of a community yeah. now. Yeah. And I love that. Yep. I no. hope that keeps I've noticed going. a difference. I mean, it, yeah. I've noticed multiple differences over the years. You know, there's a lot of different eras of, mm -hmm. I've been doing this now for almost 20 years. Yeah. And like, I've seen various things. And ha part of it has to do with what social media and what is going on at that point. And, mm -hmm. you know, MySpace was obviously different than Facebook. Clicky. And Facebook is different than TikTok and all of those things, you know. But, like, it, it feels good right now. And part oh, of it yeah. is the spirit that we have right now is things are kind of shitty to, like, pick each other up. But mm -hmm. I think it'll continue through i'm all of that very interested to see where it goes once yeah. things start rolling back to you know like publicly being present yeah right <laughs> you know when right. people start performing again, when we don't so. have to have a two panes of glass yeah, between yeah. us as we're having this conversation <laughs> <laughs> I, we, tyler doesn't have to spray the microphones down after we leave to make sure yeah. <laughs> um are you gonna live here forever do you think like like is this you don't, I mean, you don't have to commit to the idea, but like when you see yourself, do you see yourself always being part of this, this thing? Or do you see like, when you talk about spreading your wings, do you have dreams of like living in Europe or living in Nashville someday or living in fucking LA or whatever? Yeah, I don't. Or do mm, you even know? That's the thing. You don't Whenever have to people know. talk about like, where would you live if it wasn't Michigan? I don't know. Michigan's got so much. I love 
I love everything about Michigan. Just if I want to get away, I just go north a little bit. It's there's some nature up there. I love nature, <laughs> but I don't know. I like. I could never see moving out of state. To be honest, I, I think I'm always going to be a Michigan boy. You seem like a kind of like me that your people are here. My, and your exactly. people is what defines where you are, where where your where home is, and right. I get that. So I think we've spent like over an hour talking about what gets you out of bed but what what slows you down what's something that like reels you back in Hmm. besides the external forces at work right now i'd I'd self-doubt yeah doubting myself not thinking i'm as good as you know some people would try to tell me um it, it all a lot of stuff that i've endured since i started like doing this seriously is is all in the all in your head and i've realized once you start doubting yourself once you start thinking i'm not as good as i think i am or like this is or or the art you just did the other day and you look back at it and you're like this is crap what am i doing you that's when you got switch gears you got to you got to do exactly be um innovative yeah you got to go do something that you've never done before go on a trip the next day you know like go somewhere do something that's going to inspire you or uh without knowing you know there's something about the unknown and it's it's always been me doing something spontaneous with the people i love you know like taking a random trip up north i remember one time i was feeling real low went on a trip with my friend Omar. We just drove up to Mackinac. Yeah. That was it. We didn't even have anywhere to stay. We just slept in sleeping bags out in like a park somewhere. Yeah. And then I brought my camera. Yeah. And somehow I think I, I remember some of the pictures from that trip. Yeah, we like, like there was a we lo- there was a hauntingness like, to your tone in the way you presented those. Yeah, I like, shot the stars that night. Yeah. We had a little uh bottle rockets and whatnot and i set up on a tripod and we we shot it off and it was like the fireworks going off in the air we ended yeah it was it was great it was that really lifted me up and brought me back to normal but yeah exactly like once you start feeling frozen or like you're not as good as you once were you got to do you got to switch gears and just do something you've never done before that's cool that like it keeps it 20 20 somethings don't have that self-awareness like I have it now, I think, but like I can chalk it up to being old, you know. Like, <laughs> That's um, easy. But, yeah, right. You know, like, yeah, all I had that, to do yeah. was live this long to get that <laughs> extra, like, little bit of. As I step on a microphone stand. I mean, but you're never too old to try something new. You you're know? Never too old Just to step on a microphone stand. While exactly. I'm recording a podcast. You could step on a microphone stand. Um, one musical artist, and it can be somebody local or a bigger named artist, somebody you really, really believe in right now. Um, oh yeah, I remember you sending me this. Uh, I'd probably have to say, could I say two? Yes. Awesome. I okay. So just cut the time in half for each of them. Michigander, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Jason's such. We just hung out today. Just a great soul. I love the endurance and just always continuing to push as an artist. Both, uh, you know, um, in the music industry itself, always continuing to be fresh and like knowing how it ticks and then besides that just writing great music yeah and i love jason lifts up 
everybody else around him. And yeah. it's that's one thing I can get behind. I uh, I had a, a thought the other day, maybe mm-hmm. yesterday. I was flipping through Instagram stories, and Jason does such a great job of, like, mixing, like, these are things that I'm into that I'm not connected to but I think are awesome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a Coldplay song, <laughs> and sometimes it's something smaller. Yeah. And then he mixes in, like, the his friends, right, that he's also into. And, he, you know, it was, it was the new Steps. Um, Steps? No, uh, Augress. Augray, which is Josh from Steps. Oh, yeah. Um, Josh is great. He does, Josh is really good at TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Jason does a really great job of mixing, like, the, the curator side and, like, the supportive side. And some people have really messed that up over the years. Some people are always trying to talk to the bigger bands, you know, like, pay attention to me, I'm a small band. And he does that sometimes, and we'll catch him in it. Like, we're mm-hmm. like, dude, that was kind of a cringy <laughs> thing. Like, what do you, you hopefully, yeah, yeah, take me on tour, Kings of Leon, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but, like, Jason has such a pure mix of, like, of big picture plan mm-hmm. and also, like, supporting his friends that have supported right. him. He's, he's remembered the, the importance of both of those things. And he is, as he finds more success, he's paying it back. He's paying it forward. Paying it back forward. He's helping. You know, he's he continuing to help. so natural. It's, it's so easy for you to just, like, turn off that world and be like, those are local bands and I've graduated from that class. You right. Know? So anyway, I agree with you. Yeah, it makes Jason's it great. so cohesive where it's like you don't even think about local it's like yeah a band he lifts them up right beside them Mm -hmm. right beside his band you know like this is a band that i also believe in that's writing great songs and there's no difference between the level that i'm at and the level that they're at because ultimately it's just people you know yeah taking care of each other what's the other Um, the other one another band i would have to say that i believe in right now is probably just friends like that whole crew of people there's so much insane how much much of like that's so much fun as a band in in general, but just also just like the Just Friends, Mom Jeans, Graduating Life, just all the bands that are surrounded in that circle. They started Honey TV, which they help out their their friends' bands like Oso, Retirement Party, all those bands, and they start printing shirts. And Joel's all captain of like commanding everything. He's such a great guy. It's just like manning the ship. And then Sam Kless is just oh man. Talking to that guy, I had a phone call with Sam the other day because I was just, uh, Pat's giving me a lot of control with Seaholm, and I had to pick Sam's brain. And Sam was immediately, I was just like, Sam, I texted him, I got a question, and immediately texted me back, what you got? I can, I, you can give me a phone call tomorrow, I'm free. And like, then an hour later, he calls me. It was just like, oh, I was expecting this call to happen tomorrow. And he just was just like, what's your goals? Sure. What do you, why do you need a label? And he was just like, think about this label, grassroots. He was just like giving me so much clarity. And right. I was just like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And just helping that, you skip steps. And that skipping team, steps is such a healthy thing if you do it with people holding your hand and like helping you yeah. jump over the puddle that you didn't know was there. But like, you can do it in a way that's that's damaging to your career. You can do it in a way that, like, somebody helps you understand, like, you're stepping over this puddle, but here's what happened when I stepped in it. Exactly. Let me show you that. Exactly. And it was so like, you can learn the lesson without having to lose, right? That team is just, I love yeah. that whole camp and, like, all that are about, they're just, they're just all about spreading positive vibes and, like, making 
everything enjoyable. I can get behind that band so much. All right, a couple more, and then we're going to rip into a speed round where oh, we're going to get you, round. like, just, just name it off first thing that comes to your head. But before <laughs> we get there, um, your favorite music memory. Ooh, favorite music memory. Oh, I wrote this down. Oh, we are, we talked about it a little bit already. The the Sea Home tour. Okay. Uh, in that in the summer of 2019, just being on that DIY tour, knowing Pat Austin booked the whole thing themselves, yeah. and like the thing was like we made money. Sure. Uh, we got home and everyone and like obviously Austin and Pat went through all the money and they're like. Yo, we got enough money to like pay everybody. Yeah. On a DIY tour right. that we drove in a Ford Flex. Like what? It was Hell yeah. I just I will forever love that tour memory if yeah. you know, even if that was the only tour I ever went on in my life, like ugh. But luckily it wasn't, but like I love that tour so much. <laughs> All right, so speed round. Here's how this works. I'm going to give you a topic and you're going to give me the first thing that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. Mhm. You want to go into it a little bit, you can, but you can just blurt out the answer oh, and I can dang. move on to the next Speed one. Around. It's up to you. We're going to go relatively <clears throat> okay. quick through these so that Ooh. people can do something else because they've been listening to us now for almost two hours. <laughs> um, all right. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Best album of all time. Uh, as Tall as Lions by As Tall as Lions. I'm. Re- oh, my God. Choice. Oh, my God. That is. Uh, so that record is my calm down record. Like it's my so I have I have that record and now now threads Ugh. and Jason Isbell Southeastern. Like if I'm angry, sad, scared, uh freaking out, uh too much adrenaline, too much caffeine, I can put that record on with headphones and fall asleep anywhere. I and I, and I mean that so in the like the most I can't even tell you how much I mean that in the most like loving way. Mm-hmm. Like the the vibes through that album. I love that album so oh, much. God, they were so good live. Too. <laughs> I saw him at the shelter, and it was. I just cool. found out that guy's a crazy big producer. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because he writes, wrote those he, songs. Yeah, the, of course he is. He produced that uh, driver's license song. Oh, I know, I know, but like right. it, <laughs> the singer of "As Tall as Lines." Tyler just pressed delete on the podcast. No, no. So it's over. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite concert experience and let's focus mm. on shows that you've been to as a fan and not okay yeah. playing favorite concert experience probably the one that comes to mind uh, and i actually got to shoot it as a photographer was uh the phoenix show at the Fillmore, the tiamo uh album where they had a mirror behind the stage like slanted so everything that they were playing on stage, and also the stage was like an LED screen, yeah. was being reflected onto this mirror. Also, that the Tiamo album by Phoenix is amazing. I went yeah. with Jake Lamond and Jason, and it was it was funny because they were like, "Yeah, we we could see you in the mirror." And that band was that, um, that show was the band was uh, one of those bands that was playing the Fillmore, but should maybe could have been in bigger spaces, could have, but like. I think they it did it sold for the art. so well. Yeah, that that like they had control on such an incredible level mm-hmm. to be able to produce a show like that in a space like that. That just yeah. There was dude, a point where he was awesome. laying on the ground on the stage. Yeah. But the the screen, which was the stage, showed him like on top of a building. So when it was reflected on the oh, mirror, God, it yeah. looked like he was sitting on top of a building. That's amazing. It was insane. Yeah. It was so in- the thought that went into that show was amazing. Sure. 
Uh, your favorite thing you've ever created or been a part of creating? Uh, this one's so tough. Uh, I guess the first thing that came to mind because it was recent was the letdown video for Michigander. I got to do behind the scenes photos for that. And it seemed like every photo I took that day was just incredible. And the whole team was was great. Matt Everett, uh, I got to meet him for the first time. And he did the Misery music video as well. Great guy. His uh, his wife uh, also was, like, directing as well. Andrew got to do, like, lights and whatnot. Uh, Andrew DiMercurio. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Yep. Just the whole team we assembled was great. Very and cool. It felt like every photo I took yeah. that night was just great. I, I probably will do a post on Instagram more. There were so many photos I took that night. <laughs> yeah, so sick. What's your current or most recent binge watch? Ooh. Um, so I, I was watching The Night Stalker uh, on Netflix. Okay. Um, but recently, it's a lot of crime stuff. So then okay. I recently watched the... Uh, the Cecil Hotel one. Okay. But if I had to say one that I'm like, is also, these are all creepy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, there's, it was called Evil. And uh, the guy that played uh, Lucas Cage is in it. And it's like a guy who wants to be a priest, uh, this lady who like was like a lawyer, and then the skeptic who's like, these aren't ghosts. But it's more of like, Evil people will do evil things, even if they're not possessed. And it was just like, whoa, it was just crazy. And they got like a season two that they were doing over uh, COVID, but nah. So season two is probably going to come out in spring. I don't know. But evil was a great one. I think that's my fave. Uh, This is the hardest one. Best (sighs) musical performer that ever lived. Like like person or band? Uh, However you want to. However, whichever. Because this one's, I think this one may be easy. It could be. Um, and I got to see them, uh, luckily. Uh, Radiohead. Okay. That was, right. I got to see them two years ago with Jono uh, at the Little Caesars Arena. That was my first time at Little Caesars. Yeah. And uh, he actually got guest listed. Nice. Because he knew the merch guy who Looking drove Jono. the semi trucks because he used to be a warp Tour guy. Nice. And now he works for Radiohead. Nice. <laughs> Best band. Okay. Uh, albums or singles? Oh, albums for sure. Okay. I'm big album guy. Me too. Uh, give me a, contra- a controversial opinion that you hold. Hmm. Okay. I got one. Uh, it's not talent. It's about who shows up. You could be the best photographer. You could be the best musician. But uh, showing up is already... Like being present, being consistently present, this is something that is heavy into anything. Yeah. You know, because if you're like the best of the best, but you're like, ah, I'm not, I'm going to show up 50% of the time, no one's going to want to work with you. If you're like mediocre, but you are always there, someone calls you, hits you up, you're, you're like, I'll be yeah. there. It's so persistency. Story of my life right here, dude. Yeah, I got so. no talent whatsoever. So I. <laughs> I just show up. Exactly. Showing up is if you're a guy that will, you know, go out of their way, do what it takes just to be there. That is so valuable. Be that person. Be that person that will be there for anybody. Okay. And people will see that and value you. Last one. Do you have a guilty pleasure? It can be musical. It can be food. It can be whatever it is that you want. Whatever is the thing that you consume 
And then you're like, I can't tell anybody I did that. <laughs> uh, well, like, I used to think guilty pleasures as, like, something that would hide. But now I, I you know, I'm, you know me. I'm like an open book. I, I mean, was, we did lean into Baja Men earlier. So, <laughs> if you like. I will say anything, like, that I'm into. And I will be not ashamed. I will say, like, say I like a band. And I'll be like, I know they're not good, but I like them. Black like, Eyed Peas. I will say that all the time. Yeah. So, uh, probably I'd say... Uh, uh, I don't know. I listen to like fuck boy metal. Okay. If that makes any sense. Sure. Oh, like, yeah. uh, Trust me. I listen to Attila. Oh, um, yeah. not, not all the time. Okay. okay? Sometimes yeah. I listen to Attila. I, 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 sometimes I listen to Emir. Sometimes I listen to Corn. I got really into Corn this year. Okay. I, Look, dude, I had an, <sighs> I, I'm 41. I was, I, I was 20 when Limp Bizkit was the biggest band on the planet. <laughs> so I, I, I'm with you. So yeah. We the, connected most about Papa Roach tonight. So, so that, I, if that says okay. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, fair yeah. enough. Where can we find out more about Chris Herman on the um, internet if we want to find out more? Um, well, I just recently got into TikTok. So I'm now on there and I've realized you can be very vulnerable. You can be cute. You can be funny. You can be professional. Okay. So I guess that's a new thing. I'm on every platform, as you can say. As you, you can got a website like, for the photography, um, right? It's under construction. Oh. I know, I know. I uh, I started uh, redoing it because it needed heavy reconstructing, but uh, that's going to be changing probably within the month. Um, okay. I got some time coming up, and I really need to show people really what's been going on with this guy. And I want to do it in a new manner. You know, I just want—I don't want to throw all my photos on my website like yeah. I I have been doing. I want to put them in like specific categories, like because I've worked of a... with consistent artists now. Yeah, you know, in my catalog, where it's like we haven't only done one photo shoot. Either I've done three photo shoots with this band, gone yeah. on tour with them. So I want to make it like kind of like a book, like you an know? all music. If you want like to you... click on this artist, yeah. I've done a lot with them. If you want to click on this artist, I've done a lot with them. So I'm gonna. It's like a discography sort of, but, but yeah, like I'm in at, multi uh... multimedia www.chrisherman.com. I have that URL. K-R-I-S-H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got that. <laughs> so many people spell my name wrong, whether it's Chris or Herman. It took me a while, but I got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? Anything we missed that you wanted to hmm. like get up here and just vamp about a little bit? Uh, Anything in your notes? <laughs> Let me, let if me there's not, that that's okay. We, we've we been at it for a solid two oh, hours now. So I think I want to say one thing. Yeah. Uh, you made that tweet, like, does anyone ask any questions? And there was one. Oh, Stephanie um, had Stephanie a good made, question. Stephanie had a great question, and I wrote that down on my I have oh, a little piece of paper here. But uh, if you have, like, her question that you want to read. Yeah, so Stephanie Hoppola came in and said, I want to know how photographing a band uh, influences your perception of their music. And as someone who exists in front of and behind the lens, how important Chris feels the visual component is for local artists. So how it changes the perception of their music and how important visuals are. Um, I think it was, you know, like whether you have a camera or you don't have a camera, seeing any band perform live can tell you a lot about the band as even without even talking to them, just seeing the way the members and musicians gel on stage and can just, and then when you do have a camera, uh, 
just capturing that moment, it you, you realize, oh, this is what they're trying to admit. This is this band, you know, like the the energy and chemistry when it comes to shooting a band, um, you know, it's it's better to not think you're working. Like if I got hired to do a show or something, when you lose yourself in that moment, when a band gets you to lose yourself, capturing them. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, you realize, oh, wow, I'm I'm being paid for this. <laughs> right. That's when you know that's a band you want to stick around. There's something special. There's something special about this yeah. band. When being a part of the crew is as captivating as like being in the audience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's so second nature. It's Alex so, had that, right? Like yeah. Alex has that. I shouldn't say had. That's why. Jax I, has that. Exactly. Jason has that. Toon Day has that. Oh, I think There's J- so many. me and Jason have a level where it's like, oh, if I could just take photos of Jason for the rest of my life, yeah. me and him have such great hangs. I love that guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, exactly. So that's when you don't realize you're in the moment and you're in the moment. We were talking about. That's when you know you got something special. Yeah. We were talking about how uh, I have probably 20 of those artists that like I've seen so many other shows over the years that I know when they mess up. And I know <laughs> when, but I also know when they hit it perfectly. Yeah. Right. Um, I was talking to Chris from the band Monument Monument, which was a, oh, kind of a big deal locally. For, I got to see them on a yeah. fireworks show. Oh, one of the last fireworks shows. So good. Yeah. And I know their stuff enough to know when Steve, this vocalist, hits the notes and when he backs off. Because some of his notes are insane, like completely insane. And it's like people aren't supposed to be able to make that noise with their <laughs> body. But like Koji or one of my favorite moments was with La Dispute at the Crowfoot. Where a girl, it was one of the shows when they had blown up, they had sold out the room, but they didn't, still didn't want to barricade. They didn't do the barricade thing. So it was nuts. It's it was stupid. Weird. At and the, the next know. time they were like, we have to do the barricade. It wasn't safe. But this girl jumped up on stage and kissed Kevin on the mouth. Ugh. Like, and and Ugh. Kevin is like the the one guy in the band that would be least likely to have game, right? right. Like in that world. Right. And Jordan looked over to me. I was standing on the steps yeah. and we just caught eyes. Like while he's singing, he's just like, did that shit just like, we're talking through our brains. Through like, the brain. Did that just happen? Did Kevin just get kissed by a girl? What is going on? Where did she go? You know? And like, we're just staring at each other, having this conversation. During the song. During the song, During, right? Yeah. Like, and, and he's trying to like not lose focus, not laugh openly into the mic. Right. Kevin is just turned like a red and, and like leans into the next like chord. Of course. And, you know, just like, that happened. I'm never gonna live this, this down. Is the coolest oh. thing ever. So like, yeah, that that like that depth of understanding of like seeing Jason ascend to his highest form and knowing that you're part of that moment is so yeah. freaking cool. So the second part of Stephanie's question then is like, how important are the visual is the visual aspect as you're like developing your career? Oh yeah. So then it's like, you know, obviously once it's so natural you can capture these genuine moments um, so much easier. And that's something that I didn't realize until uh, I'd say like last year or two years ago was um, knowing your artist, knowing the person you're taking photos of. And even if you don't know your artist, which most of the time you don't, you know, maybe acting like you do because being hesitant with a camera can throw off so much energy right. and it's happened to me before and it's and i'm sure if someone's listening to that that has happened to them they know you just got to be confident with your camera yeah once once you have your subject 
throw it in their face. That's something that I realized I started shooting a lot of street photography. And obviously you're on the street, no one knows you. Yeah. And you're throwing a camera up in their face, you could get punched. But, you know, uh, hopefully you throw a camera up in someone's face and, you know, you take your photos. You make and them then feel good about themselves. Make, exactly. You make it feel good. Or even you know if the king you don't is feel that? good. You know who the king is of that? What? Camera Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I, He's the coolest fucking dude in the entire I, world. I met that guy in person. But like, confidence is what And I didn't realize it was him. Sure. He's he's crazy. That guy. Yeah. I mean, he. that's the we thing. Have a whole you hear his name here. or you look at his name, you're like, who's this guy? Who's the guy? Saying he's Camera Jesus. And then you Jesus. fucking meet him for a second. Then, you're like, yep, he's yeah, Camera Jesus. And you're like, yes, he earned he, that. Yep, he is. <laughs> but exactly. Just right. confidence yes. is key with the camera. You don't want to make your subject feel like, who's this schmo with the camera? Just act like yeah. you're supposed to be there. Don't disrupt the energy. Gel with your subjects. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Dude, thank you. This has been awesome. Uh, it feels great to get out and do, A, anything right now with the way that we've all been laying low. But B, specifically, I feel like you and I have um, run, run it in the same circles for a long time, but it's funny that we don't really know each other that well. Like, yeah. we do, but we don't, and now we do, and that's rad. So, um, as I walk through this world, I every time I get to have a conversation on this deeper level, you see the world differently because now you're seeing things the way you would describe them or the way Tyler would describe them. I like that. So it's been an honor to have you in. Really appreciate it, Tyler. As always, uh, appreciate you oh. and Eureka Records. This place is uh, a place where this kind of expression happens and it feels natural and it feels really good. So I'm very stoked. Um, yeah, thanks for having me out. It's season two rambles on next week with Jason Singer. From Michigander. We, we, we've said his name 300 times on this uh, episode. So um, he's going to be on with us next week. Um, you can check out the entire podcast, including season one, at herefornowpodcast.com. You can find us on social media at herefornowpod. You can email us, herefornowpod at gmail.com. And yeah, Chris, hey. thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, it's Nate. It's been my honor, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you out there. It's been a great time. Thank you. <laughs>